Warning. The following contains bright, flashing lights, and slash or imager that may cause discomfort, and slash or seizures for those with photosensitive epilepsy. Viewer discretion is advised. My man, good to see you, bro. We've been hanging out for a bit. Yes. A few years. Absolutely. Witnessing man. each other's ascension. Yeah. Into yeah. uh not I wouldn't I wouldn't call it success. Right. Responsibility. Yeah. 100%. Because you are uh you are somebody that has been responsible for life-changing training for thousands of people. Wow. Um you have uh created a space for instructors to get together and have conversations that otherwise wouldn't happen. Yeah. Where egos get put aside. 100%. Um, you have figured out a way to gather some people. Like, uh, you, we're, 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 I'm about to join you for an executive protection thing at, uh, at this, uh, this year. Yeah. And when I saw the roster you put together... This is the fucking Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it, man. Uh, these are people that I've, when I was coming up my, on my own, mm -hmm. I was learning from by watching them online, by yeah. buying some of their books, by scrounging what I could and finding what I could online about them and what yep. they showed, and all of a sudden I'm there with them. Right. Wild. It, it is wild, man. <laughs> but before we get there... Yes. Um, the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, some of some of us, uh, some of us that go into places that not many, you know, not many wander into or venture into, mm -hmm. specifically war and conflict. Yeah, uh, usually have an origin point somewhere in the past, something to prove. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. You were born in the Bahamas. Yeah, man. <laughs> Wild. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the, the place where you're born? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, man. Like, I mean, there's so much I could say on what you said. You know, it's been an honor, you know, watching you grow and become and evolve um, and to kind of come up in the game together, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was born in the Bahamas, which was awesome because, you know. But like my image of the Bahamas is that beaches. <laughs> beaches, the ocean. oceans, yes, at, at the surface. Right? Heat. Yeah, we get a nice breeze in Nassau where I was born, you know. Hardworking people. Yeah, hardworking people. And when um, I say hard, I mean hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're cutting your grass with, with machetes. I mean, it's a lot like what we got down the street, you know. Yeah. Shanty towns, different color houses, roosters, packs of wild dogs that will rip you off your motorcycle and eat you in the middle of the street. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. The, 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 the tropical third world yeah. at the edges of the luxury that the Bahamas are for some people yeah, in the first. Man. Underneath the surface, the rest of the iceberg. is is uh, So both of your parents are from there or just one of them? Negative, man. So um, my mom is from Washington State. So that's why I'm like this hybrid thing, right? So your, 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 your mom's from Washington State. Yeah, Washington State. And then my dad was from the Bahamas, you know, and we grew up back in the village, you know, watching like gangsters fight with machetes and stuff like that. So, so yeah. tell me about your dad, uh, Bahamas, like what, 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 what did he do for a living? Um, 
My dad still hasn't disclosed to me how he made most of his fortune, <laughs> but he, uh, it was back in the day. You Hustle, know, yeah, yeah. There was some, you know, Ger- Hustle. He hustled. Yeah, some Germans. There's a lot of things moving through the Bahamas, but he also, um, he had a prominent security company, probably the biggest security company. Um, let me make sure it's not like my car going off, right? Um, I don't think it is. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. he had a big security company um, back then. He had 20-some-odd businesses. Um, but if you could imagine, like, Tony Montana and, like, Donald Trump having, like, a jacked Caribbean, like, stepson, like, yeah. that's my dad. He got shot at Point Blank Range with a shotgun, and he survived. Uh, he started one of the first tac- tactical teams in the Bahamas, um, like, like public-private partnership with private security um, and, uh, you know, he's one of those fathers where I'm like, you know, Hey dad, I, I, I created, I found the cure for AIDS. And he's like, well, you should have found the cure for cancer. Get back out there. You know, hard to impress. Oh yeah. You're not, you're not going to impress him. So, you know, I would go to the Bahamas as a little boy, like daddy, daddy. And he'd be like, you're getting fat. What's this, you know, what's your mom doing to you? <laughs> Every day I'd have to do like, um, a hundred pushups, 500 sit-ups, run on the treadmill for 30 minutes, swim a hundred laps before I could watch TV. And then I got to be reading a book, well, like a certain amount of a book a day. You know, he had like a pillow with BBs. He was also, of course, a martial artist. And I would have to like sit there and like hit this pillow for, you know, 15 minutes at the, if I was going to watch TV. Were, were you the, uh, like how many brothers and sisters do you have? Um, I had five sisters. Uh, no brothers, so I had to learn to fight alone. So, so you're it. That's it. It was all so you're, me. So that's that, so. This is this is you're the promised one. Yeah, exactly. I'm the hope. You know, I, I might Simba. Yeah, <laughs> right. The hope of the tribe, man. So that do you think that's why that 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 amount of pressure was uh, behind like your dad? Definitely, my dad being a hard man, a lifelong martial artist, uh, a warrior, you know, um, and a very uh, successful businessman. You know, he was like in the paper. I remember for like Bahamas's top most. Uh, successful businessman he was there and um, you know my dad pushed me hard like strength and intensity is very organic for us yeah and that's our love language you know so the more I see in you the more I push you the more I, I kind of honor you by pushing you was it clear when that was happening and when you're going through it or did you see like, oh my god what the man. fuck did I do I was like this guy doesn't this. love me bro like this guy hates me like like I I would be out so he'd be at work all day you know managing all these businesses and I'm like out in the water I'm like seven five five seven probably by this time I'm on a little dinghy boat that I had to blow up myself with a little uh, little battery engine. I'm in the middle of the stinking ocean spearfishing by my <laughs> dang self. The spear's like four times my size. And I remember, dude, like, I, I the, the tide starts coming in, um, and I had to abandon the boat because it got snagged, and it was, like, losing water, and I, like, make it in. I, like, get through the break. The break's, like, crashing up against where our house is, so, like, I almost get, you know, wrecked. I get in, and I'm like... <sighs> and I'm like, Dad, you know, I'm telling him about this adventure. I barely survived, and he's like... Where's your boat, son? <laughs> I'm like, yo, the boat, the boat. Like, and he's like, you better get back out there and get, get me the and get that boat. boat. And I'm like, it's a resource. You know, I'm like, okay. Uh, I mean, like, I'm like, Dad, I'm gonna die. He's like, get that boat. And I'm like, and so there was a lot of moments like that where I was uh, like, he doesn't even care about me. Un- un- unexplained lessons, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know, a whole lot of those, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've had a few of those mm-hmm. figures in my life. And uh, the uh, the amount of um, 
anger uh, that I would get when I would, you know, have one of those lessons there, right? Yeah. I mean, probably he wanted you to go get the boat so you realize the importance of a resource like that in a mm -hmm. place like the Bahamas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that could be the... The, uh, the lesson. The lesson, but... Nothing gets said. <laughs> Nothing you know? gets said. It's and also if you ever smelled fear, you know, like because I was raised by my mom, I was kind of tender, you know, still at those ages, you know. So like at swim practice, you know, we we went to jump off the diving board, and I remember I got up there and I just was like, and I was a tender little boy actually, and I remember being like, yo, no way, like this is scary, and I was like, ah, and I tried to walk off like like slowly get to the back of the line and get back down <laughs> the thing, and you know my dad was up the thing and up up the ladder in two seconds getting his belt on you know taking his belt off, son, you're gonna jump or I'm gonna beat you right here and then throw you off, you know, and uh, you know I was the fat boy, I was the American guy, you know, so all the other kids thought I was soft, so I had to fight a lot. Yeah. Because they were like, fat boy, look at the American. American, you soft, you know, and I'd have to, I wasn't as witty then, so I just was like, you, you, had, to, you had to you had to burn my trash. You yeah. had to prove. Yeah. You you so you've been basically proving yourself since you were This is good. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Is that is that is that is that uh is that where some of that drive comes from? Yeah, man. I mean, I was proving myself when I went to the Bahamas because I was the American. So you're the, the outsider. Other, right? You're the outsider. You're the other. You're the in-between because your parents from one side. Yeah, you, kind you of the day walker. And then when I go to the States, to Washington, same thing. It was like, you know, I was either in, in Des Moines, Washington, around a bunch of Samoans. And, and then my dad, there's a difference between African-Americans and, like, immigrant black people. So, like, my dad's like, son, you ain't got to die to go to hell. You just got to be a a black man in America without an education, and you're already in hell. He's like, don't let me hear you speaking all ooh-ooh-ah-ah ah, like a porch monkey, pull up your pants, you know? So I would come, to, I would come like dress, you know, the way I thought I should be as respectable as possible, and then the other black people would like reject me. Yeah. So I'm like with black people that don't accept me, Samoans who are just like, you know, <laughs> monsters compared to me. And then, and then eventually I went to a private school environment where I was the only black guy, so. I was just I was just used to constantly being like, all right, I'm gonna prove I'm gonna prove, prove who myself I am. constantly. Yeah. yeah, and then I'd go home and there's a bunch of women and I'd have to like survive. What, what was your mother like? Though? <laughs> like your mother had to be the antithesis to this, basically, like the other side of it. Yeah, I mean, mom, mom really didn't like my like she hated my dad, right? Because my dad's like this strong, overbearing dude, you know. Um, but my mom was like a feminist. So my mom was like the, the you know, Jordan Peterson talks about this mother, you know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like yeah. she was just like, you're, you know, always talking bad about my dad, but then would take out her frustrations on my father, on me. I spent one Christmas, I spent the whole night, you know, cleaning the garage by myself. I was Cinderella. I used to call myself Cinderella Ninja when I, when I was little. What, what, what was being punished by your mother that you, that you expressed? Um, really? So I was a very like gentle and respectful kid. I only lost my temper twice. So losing your um, temper and being a man is, oh yeah. is what was wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, well, I only lost my temper twice. So I was very respectful and I understood her rules and I played by her rules. But then what I learned very quickly is that it wasn't about her rules. It was about the her doing like the cathartic release she would get from controlling me and grounding me. I was grounded all the time. You know, I was getting, like, punished all the time. Um, what are your sisters doing around you? Oh, they're just living their best little life. Because, like, it, because they're, you know, my, my family, that side of my family, they're feminists. So, like, yeah. women are, like, awesome. And I'm, like, cleaning and working and getting farmed out to the neighbors and um, kind of always grounded, kind of always in trouble. And I just was quiet. And I just took a lot of it. Did, did uh, 
what was going to your mind back then? Were you planning your escape? Or 100%. Was, like, and and uh, when I say planning your escape, I mean, you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You're, in be- you're in between worlds. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, you have this hard love that is completely autistic on one side for your father. <laughs> yeah. And your mom is trying to create you in, in an image that is kind of distorted maybe is, for absolutely. you. And hyper, hyper-religious as well. Yeah. Right. What 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 the what is what is spirit what is the spirituality going going on in your life at this point? Well, so my mom hyper religious. So like, um, I would have to go to church three services two three times on Sunday. So both morning services, night service, Wednesday night service, choir practice on Thursday, Saturday night youth service. Every day of the week, I had to watch four televangelists. Right. And then I went to Christian school for a lot of this. So then I'd go to school and the first class would be Bible and da 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 right? And so, you know, gifts of the spirit, all the stuff, and then how, everything. How, how did you take that? Like For me. Like, was it, was it a drawer or did you see anything in there? Yeah, so dating back to probably my first encounter with, like, the supernatural, which was when I was, like, five, um, you know, I heard a voice, which I believe was God's voice, that led me to protect um, my family during an assassination attempt on my father. And if I hadn't listened to this you voice. You five. Yeah, man. I was okay, five. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about I'm gonna that. I'm going to dig into that. So, let's talk about, so you're, you're five years old. Mm-hmm. This hard-ass dude that's your father. Yeah. Somehow made it to life and had you. Yeah. A mystery as far as what happened in the past. Probably incurred some enemies. Yeah, yeah. They're coming. Your five-year-old mind hears something, Mm -hmm. a voice. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, man. So, um, you know, my dad, right, like, he's just a hard, he's a hard dude. He'll offend you. He doesn't care. I still might not be able to beat him up. Like, I still might have to shoot him if it got real. (laughs) He was a a pimp in New York for, like, some some time, got pictures. It was crazy. So... But but a really loving man. I love my dad. Like I can kick it with him now. We have a, he's awesome. But I'm sitting on the couch. He's just started the first like tactical force uh, public private partnership with local law enforcement. You know how it is on, in third world with law enforcement. So his force is actually doing some justice, putting people behind bars. The rest of the guys are kind of making their lunchbox money and stuff like that. Uh, he's making a name for himself in the island. Um, and then I'm, so now I'm sleeping on the couch, like just minding my business. And I'm the only one up with my little remote, like messing around, trying to watch some TV. And then I just, I remember starting to get cozy wozy and I'm like, yo, I'm going to sleep on, I'm just going to sleep out here on the couch, you know? Yeah. And I start to get comfortable and I hear this, I, I start to like doze off. And then all of a sudden I'm woken up. And I remember learning this story. I want to say it was a story of Eli where, like, there's a young boy that hears God's voice and doesn't know what it is. And he comes in and talks to Eli. He's like, yo, I'm hearing this voice. And Eli's like, go lay down. Then eventually Eli's like, that's the, that's the voice of God. So say, here I am, Lord. So, you know, when you're five, everything's real. You know what I mean? Like, your G.I. Joes are yeah. real. You know, like, it's nothing. You're, 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 uh, you haven't been blinded. Yeah, 100%. You haven't, you haven't stor- st- stared into the sun that long. Yeah, 100%. So, so you're, you're like... F- you're five and you hear this voice. What is this voice telling you? And the voice is basically just, I'm like, I'm going to sleep out here. And then all of a sudden, I think that thought and I hear... And, and I didn't... It wasn't necessarily audible, but it was as powerful as someone talking to me. It was 100% not me. And it was just like, go sleep in your father's room. And I was like... 
And I and this isn't any like holy story. Like I'm still like little Byron. So I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I'm comfortable. And I start trying to go to sleep again. And I hear it again. Go sleep in your father's room. And I'm like, ah. So then I, I'm like, no. So then all of a sudden a third time, go sleep in your father's room. So I'm like, if you're not going to let me go to sleep, I'm going to go sleep in my dad's room. Like, fine. Like, bad attitude. Just human as hell, right? So I, um, I go sleep again in my dad's room, and then the voice comes back, and he's like, get your sister off the couch. Like, bring your sister in here. And I'm like, you're supposed to know everything. If you know everything, you know, I can't, like, I can't get my sister. My sister's my big sister. She's like Queen Latifah. She beats me up all the time at this point. <laughs> you know? So he says, go in the living room, and I'll show you what to do. I walk in the living room. Before I can ask again, he's like, snatch your blankets, run in the room. I walk out there. Boom, snatch your blankets, run in the room really quick, lay down. A few minutes goes by, she comes in, walks in, slaps me around a little bit, lays down, um, and, and then I'm instructed to go lock the door. So now I, I walk up, and I'm like eye level to the door. I lock the door. I sit down. I got to feel this feeling that's like you're not going to hear anything. Go to sleep. So I just like, like, I'm like, okay, cool. I go to sleep. I wake up. And now I'm like, boom, wide awake again. And I'm like mad. Like I'm like dude, like, what? <laughs> like, what else do you want, father, basically? And um, I don't hear anything, and I don't even get a feeling like I'm going to hear anything. And um, I'm looking around the room, and then all of a sudden, I start to hear this, like, scratchy, like, like, like scratchy, tinkery, clickety-clack kind of noise. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, what's happening? And, like, rats would try to come in through the vent. Now, we're in, like, the shanty town. You know, like, I'm witnessing, like I said, you know, gangs fighting, like, with machetes and, 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 and tools during the day, right? So, like, I, I'm, I'm looking at the, the air conditioning unit and trying to see if, like, a mouse tried to get in. And I'm, like, stepping over my parents, I'm, like, on the bed, and it's not that. And I'm looking at all the corners of the room, like, what is this noise? And then all of a sudden, I look right in front of me, and the doorknob is just shaking and rattling right in front of my face, right? And I'm, like, boogeyman fear, like, just gripped and frozen and... My dad snores like a chainsaw, so like the house is vibrating with him snoring. And I just, and these guys are working this door right in front of me, and like I'm just like I have to do something, I have to do something, I have to do something. Um, and then I, uh, I look over at my dad, I go over, I'm like, Dad, 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 someone's trying to come in, someone's trying to come into the room, and he stops snoring, and they stop, and I killed me because I was like, he's never gonna believe me now, like he's just gonna think I'm scared and beat me or something, and uh, he just looks at me. And he's like, go get my shotgun. And his shotgun's under the crib. Um, and sure enough, like, I go to get a shotgun, come back. He takes it. Um, they kind of start again. He racks around. You hear a group of dudes. It was about six dudes run back out the living room, trip, hit the coffee table, and pop, you hear the screen glass. The screen door shut behind him. We have him on camera. There's six dudes running, sneaking into the house, running back out of the house. You know how it is in these parts. Yeah. They come in your house, they'll clean your house out in like eight minutes and they're gone. Yeah. My dad was starting to make some money, starting to gain some stuff. Nothing was taken. Um, and so it looked like it was definitely a, yeah, they were after a hit on him. Yeah. And I would have been sitting there sleeping with my, my, my sister on the couch. And that was my first kind voice. of... That, that, that voice. Yeah. That voice, uh, you're five. Yeah. Jolts you. Mm. It has to be like a weird... That's a mystical experience, right. almost. Yeah, and, and I mean, that, I mean, for for what it produced, I mean, right. It's it's on you. That's a responsibility, almost. Oh yeah, for a five year old. Yeah, man. 
And after that, like, and I and that voice kept me alive a few more times during my life in Iraq and things like that. It would just come. Um, it, it would just. Uh, it's certain moments, man. Before we go there, though. Yeah. So you're trying. You're basically an in between person, and mm -hmm. I and I understand that aspect. Yeah. Really. I grew. I grew up rurally and also in the city and like I didn't know if I was Mexican growing <laughs> up with a bunch of American culture around yeah. me so it's I, I understand that you're a day walker as well a day walker the 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 upbringing like imagine you're basic imagine all this is basically a giant pressure cooker for you mm -hmm. I mean as, as far as the amount of pressure that is on you to conform to each environment you're moving in mm -hmm. between why well, I started getting inoculated to it after a while because, like, I'd go to the Bahamas and they'd be like, you know, oh, you're this, that, and the next thing. And I would just be like, dude, I'm just going to fight you. Like, I'm just going to wreck you. And then I might be fat, but, like, you're tiny. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know how the fat kid in, high, in, in little kid grades is a powerful force. And then I'd go to the, you know, and then I'd go to the U.S. where kids were softer, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, I'd go home and I would just hold my peace and hold all my angst and all my anger and while my mom and my... I watched a lower level of emotional intelligence than I respected. Now, I've learned that emotional intelligence is a huge grading measure for me when it comes yeah. to respecting a person um, because I was under the tyranny of a lack thereof for a long time. And then I started to really become quite inoculated to it. Black people, you know, I lost my, I lose my black card weekly on social media. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and um, you know, and then I had to earn my respect with the Samoans and, and that was a whole other thing. And, so you're coming up basically and figuring things out. What's your escape plan? Yeah. In your mind, like what what, uh, what are the building blocks of that escape? Because obviously, mm -hmm. all this all this looks like you're being pressured into mm -hmm. an escape. Hundred percent, man. And then, but also to address that earlier question, the hyper spirituality, the hyper religiosity of yeah. my mother's home. Um, conflicted with the reality of the relationship I had with kind of my God, this spirit that would, was always with me, and I would have intuition. What, what, what was the conflict? Uh, this this uh, going three times on a Sunday Dude. to, to, uh, yeah. to listen to the evangelists on TV. Yeah. What was the conflict between what they were saying to mm -hmm. you as far as what that relationship should be and, and what it was? The conflict was very obviously that my for my mom, while she, you know, it was much more of a, it was much more of something that was um, shunting her life. Like God was an excuse to not do things she should do. It was an excuse to make her, just make her feel good and just be religious and cry and sing and pray and all this, but nothing was happening. There was no action. There was no, it was not actionable. And then what I was experiencing in my life was being guided and being comforted and being provided for. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna eat lunch. Like, you know, father, like, like, no one's, like, I don't have a lunch, you know, you feed the sparrows. And then I would literally, you know, like, be put in a position where I never wanted for anything. Yeah. And so I had a friend who was always with me, where my parents were not dependable, always gone. And my mom made religion look like the joke that I, I really think that religion mostly is, a weaponized thing that, that holds people back in yeah. a lot of cases. Uh, Carl Jung talks about uh, some people that go through that spiritual, that spirituality in their lives. Yeah talks about hidden hands yeah almost like guiding us mm -hmm. like when we when we when we hear a voice or when we have a relationship with the divine mm -hmm. i think the on my end um 
like I, I um I was raised Catholic, hardcore Catholic. Yeah. You know, like hardcore. Like <laughs> so same thing, like hardcore religion. Like actually, like, you know, we're gonna get crucified at some point <laughs> to prove your faith. We're doing this. We're yeah. doing this. We're all in. Um it ended for me when my brother died mm. and the priest refused to go talk to my parents because my parents didn't get married in the church. Mm. Yeah. Being that everybody in that family was baptized, we all went through communion, everything, and that ended it for us. Yeah. But in a big way for me, I thought, well, since organized religion is gone, all religion is gone. Right. So, like, I had, a like, a dark time in my life where, like, mm-hmm. all spirituality basically was canceled. For me. Yeah. Uh, you were smarter than I was mm. because you had a personal relationship, I guess, yeah. in, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you talk about... Uh, when you talk, when you talk about that faith aspect of it, where's fear in that? Like, are you like, are you fearless, or are you, do you have faith in that you're in the right place at the right time, or you're mm-hmm. going through something? Mm-hmm. Were you driven? And if so, like, what was your escape plan? You know? Yeah, man. Uh, it was very interesting differentiating between the confines of real, re- religious expectation and the reality of the acceptance and love of the relationship. So discipline always fails. And as I was an imperfect human, I would feel the condemnation of, you know, all the rules that I would get from school and church. And then I would just realize that, like, God was still with me, you know, and he would still be leading and guiding me through my actual private life, right? And then I just started to realize, like, you know, I, I really, maybe I'm here for a reason, maybe, you know, like, you know, he's with me. And that was everything. And then that sustained me through the, dude, the ridiculous things I saw in churches, not to mention one of my first clients was a missionary and an evangelist. And so I got to see, you know, 60, 70 countries worth of churches for years. And so this kind of armored me up, but my escape plan. So home was like a prison when I was with my mother. Servitude. It's oh, expected. Yeah, servitude. You're the only male. Mm-hmm. Disciplinarian. Switches, so, spankings so. with switches. Like so You're special, but not in a good way. Yeah. And then with my father, it was just like, you just felt unimportant. Like, he's like, I love you, but he's at work. I wouldn't see him all summer, you know, when I'd go there to visit him. So I was kind of like on my own to entertain myself and like, just don't die kind of. Um, but then I had to be a man. There was, when I came in contact with him, he would like make me do things like go get the hot dogs down the street. And I'm like, dude, there's two dog gangs that are going to try to eat me. And I'm like, I'm like eight. Like, what are you like? I'm going to die again. It's like, go get me a hot dog. And I'm like, this is a death sentence. Like we drive through there and they almost ripped the car apart. Yeah. Um, so my escape plan, like when I was younger, at, at my mom's house, I was literally just like, I was like a convict. Like, I was just like, whatever you say. But I was dead inside, right? And then um, I was always like, well, maybe I'll go play football. Like, the second I can get out of this house, I'm out of this house. And that just culminated into eventually me being like, you know what? I'm going to join the Marine Corps. And, and it came to a phone call. I'll tell you about, you know. So, so, so your escape plan was the military. Was war. We, it was during a time of war. I was like, I'm so, going to go to war. And, and you, <laughs> you, 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 you commented that your mom hated your father. Yeah. Was this because he was a fighter? Your escape plan is to turn into your dad. <laughs> like, we'll be, and essentially, <laughs> in, like, in, in, almost, in, in many in ways. Way, in a, it, it, your, your escape plan is to 
proceed in such a life path that will bring you closer to becoming your father. Right. And there was nothing she could do about it. Like, like nothing either of them could do about it, actually. She, 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 she tried to stop you oh, from yeah. this. this uh, so before we go there, yeah, yeah, you decide to join the military. Uh, when I say the military, I mean you had no idea what the fuck. You, what just, I was doing you, just, yet. Yeah. you just wanted a rifle. You just what did you what did you, what did you want out of the military? Yeah, so you know, I looked at my dad and I was like, "How can I ever?" Like he's a successful businessman. He's survived death two times that I know of. You know, like he there's nothing I could do that would ever he would have that I would ever respect. He would he would respect. And then I was like, well, what's the one thing he hasn't done? I'm like, he hasn't gone to explicitly gone to war. He hasn't gone to war. No one can take that. Once I do that, I earn something that no one can take from me. Where did that they come from? That, that's such a powerful like <clears throat> conclusion yeah. to get to. Yeah. Where, where did it come from? Like you said, like, hey, and Dad is like, he's done all this, but he's never gone actually gone <laughs> like, to war. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and 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 the other piece was just you know like my masculinity like. How can I earn something for myself that no one can take away from me? Like when, you know, my girlfriend, wife, whoever's like, you're not a real man. Like, how can I be like, oh, you weren't there when yeah. I when I got that, you know? So that was the other thing. Like, I don't want to wonder. I saw men that were hollow. And I remember un, un, being like. Unproven men. Unproven and men. And there, there are many in the society. Yeah, and they have the big opinions usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless them. God know? bless them. <laughs> and, I, and, I will, I, and I would gladly die for their ability to have that opinion yep. and the freedom to do so. Right. Any day. That's what any we day. represent. But it's a privilege that. Uh, it's a privilege. It is. Um, it is. You, 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 you talk about needing to have something for yourself that nobody can take away from you. Right. That experience. Yes. You know, um, when I was coming up myself, I, I remember this, uh, you know, seeing things in popular culture, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, when we were going through training, they would put Black Hawk Down on. Yep, they would yep. put uh, <laughs> Full Metal Jacket on. All these movies that were specifically made to just glorify it. Glorify it, right? Um, I had, Masculine no, I had no I had no clue specifically what I was getting into. Yeah. Uh, my war's different. Your war, this is, I imagine we're talking about the, the early 2000s. Yeah. 9-11 happened right. at some point. Mm -hmm. And that, like we, you, I think from doing my math, you probably got your start in your military career somewhere in 2004, just, yep. just as I was going mm -hmm. through my donkey show <laughs> experience. Yeah. Um, 04 to 08. Does 9-11 play any sort of uh, effect in your... Well, in, kind your, in, in your escape plan? Yeah, well, not in my escape plan. 9-11 was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I think we're at war. And then we were at war, and then I saw what the Marines did, and I was like, I respect that. And then um, I was like, if you, you know, the realization that, like, if you raise your hand and go into the military now, you are going to war. And so it made it even more desirable. Yeah, we, were seeing, like, we were seeing the news. <clears throat> yeah, I was like, if I raise my hand now, like, I'm a man's man. Like, everyone's hiding. They're afraid. I'm going to go to the meat grinder and but your, so that, your mom and your sisters are also watching the news mm -hmm. and they don't want to you know i don't i imagine <laughs> that's like a no-go yeah and i learned what it was like to put someone through that one of my friends you know got blown up and almost killed when i was back stateside Ugh, i can't like it's crazy to think about like now that we're adults you know like yeah. all the different things but I, I had no idea what i was going to put them through but 
yeah, when I finally told them, my mom was like, you know, and I did it for my masculinity. I'm an able-bodied man. I'm going to get things from this education. And you decided, no and you decided to join <laughs> what, what branch? So I walk into the cafeteria in my lunchroom, you know, and of course the recruiters are out there, you know. Taking the ca so the cafeteria and school recruiters are out there. What, which which branches are represented in this, yeah. in this cafeteria? So it, for me, it's Army or Marine Corps because I'm trying to fight somebody, right? <laughs> so, like I'm looking to fight, right? So, I'm not trying to so, do anything. So else. you walk towards the Marines? No, I, I walk to the Army guys. Yeah. So you walk to the Army guy recruiter. Because, you know, as a civilian, you don't really know what a Marine is. So I walk over to the Army guy and I, I walk up to him and I'm like, hey, man, I was like, I want to join, but this is what I'm looking for. And I'm like, I want, I want it to be hard. I want it to be hard as heck every single day. I want it to suck, but I want people to look at me. And this is pretty much verbatim what I said. I was like, but I want people to look at me and know that I'm legit and I joined the hardest branch possible. Masochist. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right, right, like, right. What you know. he, Does he point? <laughs> and he literally, bro, he looked at me. He looked me up and down. He kind of looked to the side and he goes, you should probably just join the Marine Corps. <laughs> And I, bro, I walked right over to, to my recruiter, who I would later see after coming back from combat, who would walk up to me wow. as a made man, like I'm getting out of the Marine Corps, and he's like, hey, I'm going to war. What's it like? And I'm like, and like, and like reality Wild. started bending. I'm Wild. like, you sent me, and you what the out? Okay. Anyway, so I walk up, and I'm like, let's do this, sign the paperwork. Then, of course, my mom's like, no, you're not. So she wouldn't give me any of my documentation. So then I had to go. I walked over. What, what, what documentation? Oh. Like passports, birth oh, certificates, yeah. all that. I had to go and, like, Did you, so you had to get it myself. So then I went. How old were you when you were going through this process? You know, I'm pretty sure I turned 18 in boot camp, bro. You're like, just fucking idiot. <laughs> I know, right? I'm and sorry. I'm, I'm like, sorry, but that's, no, that's, that's, that's exactly what you dude, that's exactly I went what back to base like a few years ago and I was looking at these kids and I'm like, dude, did, did they did they take advantage of us? Like, what the? I'm learning CQB by like, you know, Orange County, uh, LA SEB, like SWAT later on. I'm clearing the house. You know, I've been on two combat deployments. I think I know what I'm doing. The, 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 my buddy who's training me looks at me. He's like, "What? Where, what are you doing? Like, where are you going?" I'm like, "I'm like, I'm clearing the house." He's like, "Why are you moving so fast?" I'm like, "Cause I gotta get, I gotta find the enemy." He's like, "How much time do you have to clear this house?" I'm like, "I don't know. That's why I'm moving fast." He's like, "The rest of your life." Yeah. He's like, "Slow down." And yeah. I'm, and in my head, I'm like, "Dude, we cleared thirty like cities and villages this way. Like, yeah. they just fed us to the dogs, right?" So, anyways. So I tell my mom, she's like, no, you're not. I'm not helping you. Like, no. And I'm like, I'm going to get all my paperwork by myself. So I go and I do that. I graduate. I tell my dad. Your dad's not proud of you that you're going through this uh, military? Like, oh, he's becoming a man. Just like, that's not his reaction? No, nah, I mean, my dad's like ultra, like, my dad's got, you know, citizenship in multiple states. Like, he's he's ultra, like, hip. He's like, my son's not going to die in some white guy's, oh, like, okay, like, money, okay. bat, money okay. war. Like, you kidding me? Like, okay. he's like, and he's right, right? <laughs> but, like, in yeah. a lot of ways, like, I hate war. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll, the, we'll talk about the after, but. Uh, and so he, real quick, so then I tell him this. He, and, and him and my mom, he comes to visit me for my graduation. Him and my mom are like, that's great, honey. You're going to go with your dad and learn business in the Bahamas, which would have probably been the smartest thing in a lot of ways, but I wouldn't have developed how I am. Um, and it, it wouldn't be, a, it wouldn't be a true to yourself. Exactly. So I had to get my own stuff, man. So I start to walk out of the room. Now my dad's my dad. And I remember looking at the door being like, I could maybe beat him to the door. <laughs> but he's coming and I need to just let this happen. And so I start to walk for the door and like this tidal wave of Byron senior. 
and I just like blink and I'm hanging off the balcony in this hotel room now, Jeez. like boom through the through the freaking uh, the the, the this glass not through the glass but boom I'm out through the door on the balcony hanging off the balcony. My dad's holding me like this. And, uh, you know, he's looking at me, and I'm he's like... He's utilizing the only thing he knows how to use, which is... Force. Force and fear. Yeah. To love you. Yeah. Because he doesn't want you to go die in this fucking war. Yeah, man. And this comes full circle, actually, later on, which I'm sure we'll get he's, to, but... He, he, uh, he's dang you're dangling from this fucking hood. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. And you're like, you know, I'm going to war, Dad. Yeah, no, you're not. He's like... And I just relax. And he's like... Why aren't you afraid? And I'm looking, looking back up at him, and I'm like, because either you're gonna drop me off the balcony, or I'm going to the Marine Corps. <laughs> and both of them gonna, both of these are gonna hurt. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he lets me back up, and then he lets me walk out of the room. And then that next morning, he's like, okay, he's like, you're a grown man, you can do what you want to do. I'll support you. He's like, but don't die. And then, of course, when I you know, get hit by 62 pounds of explosives and have an out-of-body experience. This voice, this whole conversation comes back to me. He tells you not to die as the final instruction as a father. Yeah. Uh, saying goodbye to his son as he goes off to fight this war. Mm. Not like any other war before or since. Like yeah. It's, a, it's its own thing. Each oh, yeah. conflict is, is what it is, right? universe. Yeah. Um, and then all I could say is, hey, uh, I'll do my best. Pray for me, you know? You go. Yeah. You go. Um, this is 2004 era. Yeah. Uh, Fallujah's behind us. Fallujah took place as I was in boot camp. See, so as you were going through training. I just missed it. This is, and I've, I have some pretty close friends that wore, that went through it. Yeah. And I, uh, that is, so w when that happened, were you hearing like, as you were going through training, were you hearing some of these stories coming out of Fallujah? Yeah, man. So we're we're going through training, and they're just like, like I mean, our big brothers, like, they're kind of deified. Like, these are made men going through the biggest urban engagements since Way City in Vietnam. School circle, they're, you know, all us little Marines are listening, drill instructors are reading newspaper articles, and they're like, you guys missed it, you know, and we're like, ah, you know, like, we're like these little demons that want to yeah. get loose, want to get to war. Was and, it, was um, it, was it legit, like, were you itching for that fight? Oh my gosh, you're so... Or, or, or was it, or was there no, like, was there no hesitation, fear, or nothing. were you just... you're so well-programmed when you get through boot camp, you're it's all, it's, so well-programmed. It's a perfect time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect like, time for the brain. They're so good, and dude. There's, there's, it's a perfect, it's a perfect thing. I understand it now. I understand it, too. Now, they're now. so good, bro. It's a beautiful thing. You are like a torpedo of a human, bro. You are, you're being turned, you're being turned into this, uh... Killing machine. This killing machine. Perishable. Mm-hmm. Um... And and you, you're, you're, you're hearing these stories of Fallujah. You are, like, what does it do for you as far as, like, are you even more um, I mean, adamant about going out there? Heck, yeah. That's, like, your purpose. You were created for war, and you were reborn into this um, into this elite culture of war. You can, I came into boot camp at 200, and I cut from 225 playing 6A football as a team captain going Ironman football all four ways going to state, all that stuff, um, they were like, you're obese. <laughs> That's a whole other bunch of stories. Yeah, Give me my obese Marines up here. Anyways, I cut to 211, and then I got in. Um, before we started Black Friday, I cut down to 204, got told I was obese again, and then ended up at, and I was like, you know, we have the top weightlifting program in the state of Washington. We're a number two. So, like, I was, 
look almost just like this. And then um, I get out of boot camp at 175 pounds. Oh, I can run, shit. jump, fight, not sleep, not eat. Like I'm like just an underwear model that can kill people, basically. Murder is jerky. Murder is jerky. Yeah, and everything's kill. It's like, hey, would you like some some juice? And you're like, kill. And kill like, hey, <laughs> you want to take a left at, at Front Street? We're like, kill. Like, yeah. that's just our whole culture. And then, you know, there was zero fear, and it just charged us up every time we heard about the honor. Well, we saw the honor that was being bestowed upon those who were out there fighting. Um, and the fear and all that stuff didn't kick in until, you know, I had my come to Jesus Did moment, you, saw my first explosion. There's no that. women. There's no women in your life. There's nothing. There's just like that. Uh, I think I always have a girl on the back burner somewhere. But like, as, as far as going, like yeah. you're going. Is there nothing holding you there? Um, um, nothing at home that represents the glory of of battle, right? You just see the, the, real life yeah. battle. You know, I I mentioned this because like for a while, like I became a monk in a lot of ways. Yeah, like for a few years. Oh, absolutely. Because I was like, monk mode. this is. It is. I have to figure this out. And people around you are like, "Hey, yeah." I'm like, "No, like, mm -hmm. I, this is this is it." Mm -hmm. You 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 uh, you go through the training. You mm -hmm. come out of there a murderous mm -hmm. slim Jim of a person, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you deploy. Yeah. You call your dad before you go. You call your mother before you go. Yeah. Uh, are there any last warnings? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, just my dad was, you know, it, when I graduated boot camp was one of the only times I saw him actually proud of me, you know, he, like, that was meaningful. When you say you saw him proud of you, what did he do or how did he express that to you that, that sticks out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just like the first time that he, like, he saw me come across that parade deck and I was in uniform and I was dressed right, dressed, snap, pop, crisp you know, flat stomach. Like, he just was like, you could tell he was like, my son's done something I have. I respect this, you know? Yeah. And uh, the way he dealt with me after that day, and you're still, like, so harsh programming. Like, when I see pictures of me on that day, I think I'm, like, chilling, but, like, I'm still, like, you know? Like, and it was it was amazing to finally see that in my father, and it really gave me even more fuel to be a professional warrior. Um, and 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 he tells me he's proud of me now, but I never saw that look in his yeah, eyes. You know yeah, what I mean? And that yeah. was that was a big moment for a man, for a man, I think, for me. You are in a combat zone. Yeah. When you get there, um, is it what you invent? Like for me, I was ha I remember that f the first day for mm -hmm. me. Yep. And how it's like MythBusters. Oh God! <laughs> right, dude. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, yeah 100%. The, first, the first day, you're like, holy shit, here we go. Yeah. And you step out of it, it's like, not. That's not what I expected. This sucks. This is better. Yeah. Holy shit! Oh, I'm in constant danger. Yes. There's no cover here. You yeah. Just have to. I can die right now. Yeah. And you know, someone could be looking at me, but yeah, no, that. My first night in combat was like a life-changing experience. We are on the Haditha Dam. We're painting skeletons on our faces. We're getting ready to go into battle. It's like 3 a.m. Uh, we load up. We're rolling across the desert. We meet up with our, our Iraqi army counterparts. I'm kind of freaked out because, like, these people are weird and different. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Mr. Mr., you know, Ana Habibi. And they're like, hey, like, talking to me in uh, Arabic. When Tuscan? Like, where are you from? Like, Enta Madame? Like, you got a female? Like, what's up? Show me some pictures, Sora. Like, you know, I'm like, you know, <laughs> like, so they're, 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 we're, we're integrating. And I'm like, this is weird, you know? And then, um, but I'm like, they're kind of cool, you know? All right. And then I look off in the distance, and all of a sudden, we're driving towards the city. We're driving towards Haditha. And then all of a sudden, 
And this is the Battle of Haditha. There's like movies about it and stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, the power goes off. Now, I never seen a whole city just disappear. Yeah, the, city, just, the city just went dark yeah. as, you're, as you're driving towards it. Yes. It's like, well, and you're in the desert. So no it's moons. like. No moon. It's a moonless night? Um, no, there's a moon, but there's it's pitch black and we're still so it's, far away. So it's just a black city in front of you. Just Well, you can't even see it. There's no street lights. There's nothing. You're like, and that, that's where you, that was the oh, only massive light. <laughs> and that's where you're going. Yeah, man. And we're heading there. And I, when that happened, I was like still such a boot that I was like. Dude, the power just went off to the city. I was like, wow, that's fortunate. And then my senior Marine looks over at me and like smacks me and is like, Recon just cut the power. We're about to invade the city. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, oh. yeah, wow. And then we're rolling and uh, we start to slow down. An army unit goes flying past us and Bradley goes flying past us. They wanted to be the first ones to get into the city limits for a bragging right. I don't know, whatever. But they went into a minefield. So they go flying past us into a minefield. Kaboom, my first explosion. I see this mushroom cloud. I'm thinking like, wow, this, I, I, know, I thought that was only nukes that made mushrooms. I had no concept of reality. And I remember saying to myself, this doesn't even look real. As I listened to rounds cracking off, officers trying to call in their units, yelling at them to stop. Um, you're hearing kind of guys screaming and stuff full like stop, that. Full stop, full stop. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. You, uh, the reality, like death, like uh, for me, those first deaths specifically around me, mm -hmm. like those friends, mm -hmm. um, those uh, those smiling faces in the morning that uh, the humans that that uh, disappear. Um, what was that like? You, I mean, growing up, you don't really get prepared for a death like that of somebody. Mm -hmm. Like somebody around you. Yeah, that's in your presence. What was that like? What was that first experience like? Um, so, you know, it, it's just quiet, man, you know? And it's just like you feel like you're missing a part of yourself. Like it's like, especially in the Marine Corps, we're like uh, an organism. Like we're like, like attack the chow hall. We're just like moving in in ranks and like everything's just like we're working out together in stat one, two, three, one. Like and so it's just like a part of you is just gone, somebody, extinguished, and you gotta go through his stuff. And like a friend of mine described it as losing a finger. Yeah, yeah. Like when you're in a group like that, it's like a hand. Yeah. When you lose a finger, and the rest of them have to basically, and and you have to kind of, um, you have to compensate for that as a unit, you know. And like you know, and, there's and there's, no, there's no time to process though. You're out there. That is, and that's huge because you're not sleeping. There's, there's no counselor there to talk to the. Yeah, op tempo doesn't care, bro. Like op tempo doesn't care. You still have, you know, three patrols and a mission at nighttime. Every night you're sleeping two to three hours. So I, I see that first explosion and I'm just like, this doesn't look real. And that voice in my head comes back again is like, you don't know what real is yet, son. And and that's when I was like, like my hair stood up. And I realized it wasn't a video game. And then we shot the APOBs into the city, 100 grenades on a string with a rocket. Boom. We blow a big crater, a big path, tanks. We click on the, the metal hair bands, rock music, speakers, all that stuff. Their ACDC's kicking off. Tanks do thunder runs in, and we run in behind them into the city. And thus starts the first day of combat where I almost killed myself on accident. Like, Ten minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about the music playing and stuff like that, but I've, I've been in places like that myself. Yeah. Uh, this frenzy. Yeah. This, that's this, 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 um, 
I don't know. It's like an energetic phrase. It's a weird place, man. For me, being far from it now and also having commanded people Mm. that went into stuff like that and having to basically create that to rile people up. Yeah. Um, this music, this push forward, this we're we're monsters. This yeah. this whole aspect of skeletons painted skele- on your face. Uh, we use death whistles. Yeah, we 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 would scream with That's death whistles sick. at the fuckers yeah. before we hit them, right? <laughs> yeah. The uh, the programming because mm-hmm. it's programming. Though. Yeah. Well, and you're doing it in training too. Yeah. You know, like this this oh, oh, and, yeah. you're, and, and you're being pushed forward. Uh, I've never said that I was. I never said that I was like fearless at mm. all. Like legit fear was always there. Yeah, like a giant fear. Mm. Uh, but I move forward anyway. Yeah, and 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 I think that's that's kind of like whatever when when you hear that scream that everybody's mm. uh, doing before they go into shit like that. Yeah, it's about them pushing through it. Right. It's fear, but we'll do it anyway. Hundred percent. And. And one of the interesting things too, like 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 it was there was rock music playing, psyops was also kicking off. So babies crying, women screaming, piano, sniper shots at random. Like so you got metal bands, sniper, um, uh, psyops on on speakers, like like concert speakers on the side of Humvees coming in behind you. And then you got the other side, and they're kicking off their psyops. So the mosque kicks off like kill the infidel, these ninjas are coming here. So my I, I remember, dude, and I just remember my hair standing up, and like it is it is probably one of the most exhilarating things, you know, like I'm afraid, but I'm also like just it's just so much reality you're yeah. like i could die right now there could be someone sighting in on me right now and my my one of my senior marines praxitus i love i always love him and he comes up to me he's like you good rogers and i'm like i'm good and i'm on a rooftop like setting security we're listening to firefights happen in the distance dogs barking along with all the other noise and he's just like it's a freaking twilight zone isn't it yeah. <laughs> and i'm like and all i could say is yes it is corporal it's it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the most powerful hallucinogenic on the planet that's what i'm getting at and i didn't know how to say it in a way that would be pal- palatable and my ptsd was related to being addicted to my own dopamine like that yeah. because you spend so much time with that level of awareness and intensity and reality is so vibrant yeah you know, it's so vibrant that's, and then you come to like Blood, blood is pumping. Oxygen is there. Yeah. Every, your tools are ready. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is everything that all of your ancestors basically survived. Yeah, around. You're on and the razor's edge. You're you're, you're <laughs> the tip of that spear, basically. Yeah. Um, and it is fucking addictive. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, man, get combatutionalized real you've, quick. If dude. you've never been in that uh, fray. Mm-hmm. I like the word fray. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen street dogs fighting amongst each other and just that fray? Yes. Yeah, teeth and hair. Yeah. Um, now imagine technology being added to it: night vision, <sighs> guns, explosive things flying around you. Yeah. Um, a more a a, 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 a a an enemy that is willing to fight for his home. Yeah. Which is what you were fighting against. These yeah. people were fighting for their home. A hundred percent. So. I can't imagine the the dump it would have on on a human. Not yeah. and and this is not like an isolated event. This is not right. like hey, I had a car crash. No, no. And I got some PTSD from it. Way of life. This is like a <laughs> a giant expanse of time. Oh, 100 percent. You know, and we wouldn't go back to the rear for two to three weeks. We'd be out there living in it, 
you know, one man up, one man up, two on, two off overnight, you know, like your buddy wants to sleep, you're sitting here, you know, and then he, and then, all right, it's your turn, you get two hours, and he's like, you know, and, and, and we were, we were in it for those long periods of time. When we, like, you change. Yeah, we, like, <laughs> I was, back then I was watching the news, and uh, all we would hear about is IEDs, yeah, explosives, yeah. Expl- explosions. It, it seemed like there was this giant rush and move invasion forward, and all mm. of a sudden there was a hold. And when you start holding, you start getting doom, maneuvered on. Yeah, doom. you encountered one of them in your in, like while you were out there. Yeah, man, I was in a handful of them. Um, uh, the note, most notable one was when I hit got hit directly with sixty two pounds of you, explosives. You got uh, this. We've we've seen these movie depictions of. Yeah. Like slow motion yeah. camera, people flying around. Yeah, uh, Hurt Locker. Yeah, we've uh, we've all, we've all seen these things that 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 uh, this is this is how it is. Mm. Are any of these faithful to the actual experience of going through an explosion? Man, you know, maybe if you're watching it happen, like on one of them, if you're like far when, from it, but yeah, not yeah, inside, yeah, but it. not inside it. No, yeah. you like one of them. I was staring at when it blew up. Yeah. And the last thing I remember was staring at it. <laughs> and then the one that really rocked me, I had zero idea or concept that I had even been blown up. Do, do, it's like you just either wake up or you don't. It erased your tape um, backwards a little bit. I remember everything leading up to it. And then, and then all of a sudden gone. I was in an alternate reality. And I, was, and I had to then be like, why am I here? So you got hit. Were you in a vehicle? Yeah, fortunately I was in a seven-ton, but it was sixty-some pounds detonated directly underneath my butt. You flew. Um, I was. You were flying. Encapsulated in there. So the last thing my buddy, who was sitting right where you're sitting, uh, in the safest place, I was in charge. I was a troop commander in the back. I was in charge of the squad back there. Me and him were sitting right here, kind of talking, and you know my my senior who'd been blown. Now get get this, he'd been blown up almost ten times. I've caught five IEDs. Yeah. This is like not like civilians hear this and like, well, you've been blown up five times, you know, but like in my platoon, like that's like mediocre. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, he comes over the radio and Foster's just like silverback. Uh, I got a weird feeling, dude. We got to stop. And he he can instinctively. I watched him get yeah. launched for the, seven minutes. The, uh, I mean, the, seven seconds. He was in the air. Pattern recognition. When he got hit last Pattern time. recognition is directly related to trauma. Hmm. Interesting. So, like in war, war fighters, that's why that's why people become these fucking supernatural. Yeah, like uh, there's something so on. sensitive. Pattern recognition is directly related to trauma of all kinds, not wow. just not just warfare. So that's an it interesting. It becomes a survival thing. It becomes a, a survival point. thing, but also when you are not in a war setting, mm-hmm. it becomes pain for people that come back and try to readjust to mm-hmm. this. You know, imagine your friend who was a. Uh, IED whisperer that could mm. that could detect these yeah, somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. I imagine him coming back and having to work in an insurance company. Yeah, no, yeah, we That's, get into that, man. Yeah, but uh, you, you, so you encapsulated you, and yeah. now, and you, you said you've been through these before. Mm. Were you hospitalized because of these before? By the grace of God, no, man. But I, this, I got, but this one, this one, the one that really rocked me. I ended up with a. Um, uh, level whatever concussion because I was you wo- out. You, for... you, you woke up in the in the hospital. No, no. I woke up. I woke, woke up, up within seven seconds. But I lived oh, a whole shit. life in that seven seconds. 
apologizing to family members, seeing everyone, talking to my grandma. Um, what, 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 so you, you were in this vehicle? Yeah. You, so I'm... I'm what, what, what are the injuries? I mean, imagine, to be, for people that don't know, the pressure expansion yeah. is... Yeah. On your brain, it your do. It'll go through things. It doesn't matter how much armor right. is around you. It doesn't matter if you have a fucking helmet. That's some, some people think actually the helmet will Might make, it, will make it worse. Right? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, you're, so, you're basically dead. You, you, I think like, I'm, yeah. You, like, probably, you, you probably you stopped yeah, functioning when, for a bit. When I came to consciousness, I'm singing a song, talking to my buddy like this. The last thing he saw was me folded in half on the roof like this with my feet up by my by my ears Fuck. folded in half and then I apparently fall into like the cradle left from the crater from the, from the explosion. For me, I'm rolling down the street and all of a sudden I'm in a black room like this. You're and in the I'm dark. Just, um, yeah, and I'm, but I'm perfectly fine. Like I'm at peace. Like I'm just kind of like hanging out. Like that, like yeah. that John Travolta meme from Pulp Fiction where he's kind of dancing. I'm just chill. So, and so, so Near death. Can we can we call this a near death experience? Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Your uh, my consciousness is still working, but I'm in another kind of experience. Not in the you're, you're just in the black, but you're also cool. Well, yeah, okay. like, <laughs> the, it was very interesting. You're just me, calm. Yeah, it gave me a lot of peace about dying. But but uh, sorry, I've I've had experiences <laughs> like that in my own yeah. life a few times, but. Uh, and I like kind of like delving into these specifically how common how uh, at peace how like. people share the kind of the same experience of going through something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you go anywhere or are you just in this dark room? I, I I'm so at peace all of a sudden because war is like so many levels of misery, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that I was kind of like yeah, you're you're where am I? Yeah, like, your feet hurt, your stinky, your ass might you, yeah. you might have what you should wipe your ass better, but probably you smell the weight on for you, weeks, yeah. the weight on you, the heat, you the, know, the weird fucking thing sores you get on your on your hips yep. because of the weight bearing shit you're wearing. Yeah, um, but you're none of that. All that shit I'm falls free. away. Yeah, and I remember kind of being like, man, I'm like, good. And then I was like, like, where, how did I get here? And I instinctively just knew I could pull up my thoughts. Like, I could read them. I was like, what, I said to myself, what was the last thing I was thinking? And then all of a sudden I saw, like, <laughs> I saw, like, this MS-DOS, like, you remember the green cursor? Like, it's the Matrix yeah, movie? Beep, beep, like, literally, beep, beep, beep. it was like, why is the water cooler trying to come up my ass, basically? Like, oh, that was my yeah. last thought. And I'm like, water cooler? And I'm like... And I'm like, oh, I was sitting on a water cooler, like a Gatorade, because I was sitting on this Gatorade cooler just in case I got blown up in the back of a seven-ton, which is like a big up-armored semi-truck. And then I was like, oh, I was on patrol in Iraq. And then I was like, oh. You didn't even know you were in Iraq. Dude, I was was like erased, bro. Like my soul was like traveling somewhere. And then I was like, oh. And then I was like, I was on patrol in Iraq, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And at that moment, sorrow, bro, the deepest deepest sorrow I'd ever experienced explodes from the center of my being as I realize I'm a pile of guts on the floor in, in, in Iraq. The, the sorrow comes from you getting to the realization you ex, just exploded. Yeah. You're not too certain where your body is yep. <laughs> or yeah. how it is. Yeah, as I as that sorrow started to like, like it was just like an explosion. It was like someone hit me in the solar plexus. I've never experienced sorrow this deep, and it haunts me to this day. It's part of what drives me. Is it? I is, don't want to experience this feeling again. Is, so, can you, when you say sorrow, like, 
it was realization of the finality of the totality of my life to that point. Did you feel wasted? Did you feel it was wasted? That's what is, killed is me. That is I that it? Is that it? I did bang, like bullseye. Like I literally was like, I didn't even do, live. Do, didn't like I wasn't it. even freaking conscious. Yeah. Like I didn't, like I was eating filet mignon, like not realizing, like that's this life experience is such a miracle. I was like, I had for no, at no point, I was just like kind of funny, kind of jacked and like wasn't deliberate and, and like opened my eyes and just took for granted all the freaking yeah. Miracle of life, and I and I and realized that in a second. I was like, and the magic's that, over, and that's the sorrow that yeah. you missed it, or that you didn't appreciate it, or yeah, the uh, I didn't I didn't do anything. Like I didn't it. really step into it. Like I didn't lean into that trash. I was not aware, and that killed me. And um, this is when I started to like see family members because it was like I was saying my goodbyes. And all of a sudden, I'm like seeing my mom, and I'm like, "Mom, mom, mom, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You, I failed. You, I died." Say, when you say you're seeing them, are you seeing images of them, or are you seeing them like they're in their daily lives, going about their shit? Exactly. It's like I'm being transported to say goodbye to them while I'm on my way to wherever the hell I was going. And they can't hear you. And oh yeah, there's just like, dude, one of my uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time was washing the dishes, and I'm like, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." And I'm visiting family members. That's an interesting aspect of it. Like if you, if people are skeptical about it, mm, yeah. If you hallucinate something because you feel afraid of dying, mm. I could Im- I could imagine that you can interact with the visions of your family, right? Yeah. That would be actually comforting. Yeah, because it's, it's your no, game. But, it's your thing. But right? it's not. But no. <laughs> but no. They're. They're. They can't in, hear you. Yeah. That's, that's it's like that movie it's, Ghost, bro. It's, it's, it's interesting to think about it yeah. because of how it shouldn't be that way if it's a hallucination. If it's me running the show, yeah, right? If, I should if, get if, something. If this is my brain trying to calm me the fuck down before right. I kick, perish, go to the next, whatever. Why is it being a dick to me? <laughs> and it, it's and not I, calming I, me and down. And I can't interact with these yeah. people. And, it's interesting. And I, so I'm seeing everyone, and then I get to, I, I get to my grandma. And, um, and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Cause my grandma kind of raised me the last part of my life. I got in trouble and my mom sent me to my grandma's and I'm like, I'm so sorry, grandma. And my grandma used to always tell me, and it's really touched by an angel but this is what happened to your boy, man. Like, she's like, Byron, if anything's ever stronger than you. Cause I had, I got stung by 300 some odd bees when I was five. I almost died. And then I had night terrors and like all this other crazy stuff. So, uh, she would just be like. You know, by the they just start saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. By the third time, it'll go away, bro. Is what happened. So then now I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I I'm I don't know what else to do. So I'm praying and I'm just like Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I remember saying from the bottom of my heart, bro, from the bottom of my soul, I looked up and I was like, Father, I may never be what you called me to be. I may never be good enough. But I swear, if you give me another chance, I said this exactly, I will go so ham. I will go so hard in the paint in my teenage dialect. I was like, I will go at this life with everything I have. I'll learn it. Dude. And then all of a sudden, I was back in my body, but I couldn't move. And now I'm sitting here and I have body consciousness again. Hmm. And I remember at some point in all of this, I looked at my buddy. Wellerman, I looked at him and I was next to him and he was looking at my body and I couldn't look down at my body. And then all of a sudden I was back in my body and then I saw my father and he was, I was talking to him after he got shot at point blank range with a shotgun and he survived. And I was like, how'd you not die, dad? You know, and he was like, I never gave up. He's like, people, son, people die when they give up. 
I was gonna fight like hell. I got I got my girls to live for, you to live for. I wasn't done, and he was declared dead like multiple times through the whole thing. So, stubborn, stubborn. Know, yeah, <laughs> right. Just his ego wouldn't let him freaking go. So I remember then, you know. I felt I, I just I kept praying and my buddies still make fun of me because they heard me sound like you sound like a little, you know, but I, I got my power back and I felt like this like zzz, like this power up. Like if you hear like an Abrams tank, like I felt myself power back up my body because I was like, Father, I can't do this without my body. And then, uh, dude, I remember my dad. I saw that vision of my dad and then it turned into I'm not going to die here. And then this rage took over, like anger. righteous anger, like, I am not going to die here. I got up. I, lo I looked at the back door. It was jarred shut from the explosion. I crawled out of a little hole that I was in, and I started kicking it and kicking it. Smoke's filling the, the vehicle, and I was so happy we weren't, like, taking fire or anything. Yeah. You're just, you're just on fire. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I kicked the freaking ladder down, and then I run, and I look down, and I black out again. And, you know, it's like a six, seven foot, it's like a six foot jump to down there. And I'm fully kitted out. So I look down, get ready to jump, and I black out again. And then I wake up in the middle of a feet, like 30, 40 yards away on a knee, setting security for myself, looking around. My guys are still back there in the vehicle. And that's when I yell at them. And then they get up, they get out, and we move into this, this little shop next door. And um, we find the only six military age men in the city area. <laughs> In jeans and sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So we hit a choice point, man. Like, long story short, I walk up and I'm like, obviously, these are the guys. Like, my guys canvas the area. We run, you know, we, we hold these guys. We detain them. And we're now at a choice point where, like, these dudes blew us up. They just blew us up. I haven't gotten medical. None of us have gotten medical attention. I don't know if my dudes are, are bleeding out or wrong anything. like a motherfucker cut bleeding internal injuries being what they are and Dudes now are you bawling because like you get so emotional when you get blown up like yeah. i'm looking at my guys like they're just like bawling and bleeding and spitting out blood and they're i don't know if and their like, hands are still on their fucking guns yeah oh which yeah. is which is marine corps <laughs> programming nuts right supernatural shit right and i'm just sitting here and i remember these dudes I was like, who here speaks English? And, this, and their, their alpha looks at me, and he's like, I don't speak English. And he, like, grins at me, bro, and he says it in perfect English. Yeah. And I remember being like, get these dudes on their knees. And my boys, they put them on their knees and, like, kind of, you know, like, I'm doing the, we're all doing the math, and my guys are like, we got rifles in the truck, bro. <laughs> and I'm just like, and now we're hitting a choice point, you know. And it's, I'm, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blackness. Oh, yeah. It's a blackness. It's, yeah. a, it's like a, this, this dark... Um, retribution yeah. that kind of comes from survivability, which yep. is probably the same every time in history with yeah. warfare. Hundred percent. It's there. like that moment in Platoon where it's like re retribution time. Like you go into that village and you're like, "I know what you guys did." You're there. Mm -hmm. You're there. And you're uh, doing the math, <laughs> dude. Doing the math. And my boys look at me and he's like, "We got, we got drop weapons in the trunk." And I'm like, "Yeah, we just did a raid. We got all kinds of AKs." And I honestly, I remember taking inventory of the situation and looking at my little jindies, you know, that's Iraqi, like the younger guys in my platoon and my squad that I was in charge of. And I like could see, like I could see them sitting on the couch, drunk, committing suicide because these kills would be in the gray. Like we knew they blew us up, but there was no active threat. And if we put them on their knees and executed them in that moment, I just could see that it would change realities and I would have been the one who gave that command. And so, like, to be completely honest with you, Ed, 
everything in me wanted to do it. And the beast in me was like, dude, I'll do it and I'll go have a sandwich, bro. Like, I was literally like, I'll be fine. Like, I'll take a few ears and, like, make a necklace. And, like, there's a book called The Wisdom of Psychopaths you should read at some point. It's a great book for anybody who has a different relationship with their emotions. And that's kind of how I've always been. But, like, I was like, I'll be fine. But then I looked at my squad and then I kind of took inventory with my, you know, with my guiding light. And I was kind of like, I can see the implications of this yeah. and, and it is in the gray yeah. and so it was hard but i was just like it dropped it we'll just detain these guys you dropped it <laughs> and i let it go and i think i'm freer today because i did do, do you now do you think about like legit do you think about that heck aspect? yeah man you know like yeah. you know you you detain these guys we pay them and release them on the streets within like 72 hours you see the guys that you detain with like the marker Sharpie still on their head from when you, you know, arrested them. And I just, I, and we knew that, and they get a bottle of water and like $250, like a couple thousand dinar back in the day. And I just remember just being like, man, like, but I have to make the decision. Everything in me wanted to just be like, cool, we'll send a message. And, you know, we sent messages, but it was at more appropriate times, you know, like dudes try to, try to roll on us we strap we ended up strapping them to the front of humvees and driving through the city with their remains at times but this just didn't quite feel like one of those times and i think that call to let those guys just get detained that day i think it stopped my guys from having to fight a greater war later so you go from sorrow for not doing enough with the opportunity yeah to having the devil there ready to sign over something. Yeah. To not signing. Uh-huh. That's a lot to happen in a, in a day. In, in moments, right? And then, you know, into continuing to clear, into being like, hey, you guys got to get us out of here. Like, my boys need to be assessed. Like, we need medical. What? So, two questions. Because that seems like a mystical experience. It changed my life. I call it my Phoenix moment. I think about it almost every day. Two questions about it, though. What did it take from you? Because all of these moments take something from us. Uh -huh. That's uh, yeah. initiate uh, initiations of the highest degree yeah. in any in, in, in any culture. Usually, have sacrifice to them. Yeah, it take something from you. Yeah, um, could be death or a simulation of a death, which you're yeah. talking about a shamanic experience. You basically mm -hmm. went to the underworld. Yeah. You know? um, what did it take from you? Like mm -hmm. these. I don't know. For me, I remember the first time I had a horrific head injury after mm -hmm. a, some shit that I went through myself. Yeah. It took from me the ability to sleep the whole night through. Wow. And a few other things. Mm -hmm. What did it take from you? Man, I think, honestly, it took the, it took like an innocence from me. Like it took like, um, it took uh, the reality that like so many people live. Um, and, and, you know, there's a, the verse in Ecclesiastes where Solomon, one of the wisest men in the world, says, with much wisdom comes much sorrow. And I don't know if I have much wisdom, but I'll, I, I, I feel the weight of reality every day. And I know how thin the veil is. And I live in a, like a hyper awareness of like, yo, bro, everything's cool right yeah. now. You get a freaking car accident and die today. Like, you know what I mean, like, like at that, that monster of chaos is right underneath the surface. And so um, since that moment, like I've always... You know, it also brought me closer into like a like a, almost like a Bushido type mentality where like the moment I, I am in is like the only life I know I have. And I have to go, like I promised, 
I got to go ham. <laughs> you know, that that was your deal. Yeah, that was my deal. And I what did it give you? Um, because usually these experiences take something, mm. a big thing. Yeah, Ooh. innocence, uh, mm. this uh, carefree. You're there. Yeah. You're trying to figure it out. You, you could have done a shit ton of stuff, but you, yeah. you're just you know going through it now. You're oh shit. There's a responsibility to this. Yeah. What did it give you? You know, it it gave me. I want to say like a new way of life, man. You know, like I since that moment, like life just wasn't the same. Like I'm like not gonna be just like like I. You know what? It gave me the weight of purpose. You know, and like it's a beautiful thing that I believe can keep you alive and insulate you from shooting yourself in the face after you come back to such a plastic reality, after living such a vibrant, vibrant reality with misery and all these vibrant emotions that is war. You know, like it's so like vibrant and, and intoxicating and almost. Purpose. Purpose. And then purpose, dude. And now I feel the weight of that every single day. Yeah. You know, and but that's also like the most beautiful and honoring thing because like all this can mean something. Like all this can serve. Like and and that to me is the highest honor. You know, it's like I want to become more powerful. I want to become more financially potent. Why? Because the level of service. I can't let the grace that's been given to me be in vain. And that's a double edged sword. That grace for me, that's like what drives me. And so I went hard for Uncle Sam. Now I wake up at 4 a.m., I go to bed at 11, and I go, I'm at war still. A lot of people talk about Jesus, but not, not, not many people want to be a gangster like he was. Right. Straight up, dude. And <laughs> Straight up. You forgave mm. in a day that I, I'll be honest with you, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't have forgiven. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Well, <laughs> I looked into the eyes of my boys who I, were, like, bleeding, like, but but, like, this anger came over me. Like, I remember being like, I should smoke these dudes. Like, look at my boy right now. Like, he's crying. He's freaking, he's bleeding. And, like, you guys did it, and you're smiling at me. Because you think that I won't do it. Like, yeah. my darkness could easily envelop you. Yeah. You know? You, you, were in a, you just went through a point where sorrow was there. Yeah. So it's like, it makes sense. It, yeah. make, it makes sense, and also it uh, definitely changes. Like definitely yeah. change you. Hundred percent, man. <laughs> like it was it was that moment changed my entire life and I and I promise never to forget it. You know, some people let these things and they're they like try to get turn away from them. And uh Robert Green wrote that book, The Fiftieth Law, and I love it, you know, uh with fifty cent actually. But he talks about an old school hustler who says, I think his name was Truth or something, and he says, like, reality is my drug. The more I have of it, the higher I get, you know. And the more of it you have, the more you can bend reality. Like a lot of this life is about becoming an alchemist. Yeah. Like you're like the God, you're the Lord, the owner of your life, right? So then, you know, I look at that and I never let myself, I have 11 hours of tattoo on my back all about it um, for that reason. That I, it's like a, a, I call it my Phoenix moment. I died and was reborn different, yeah. differently after that. Uh, going through therapy myself. I'm, kind of like reliving some of these things. Yeah. Um, I think a big pain, a big part of why people don't heal or don't learn to live with some of these things is because they don't want to go back and yeah. make sense of it. This is huge. The, this the, is huge. the, uh, the making sense of something. Uh, realistically, our lives are just random shit. You know, right. when we remember our lives, we don't remember the time we were watching uh, 
X Files on TV and, mm. and uh, the Snickers that melted in your lap because you right. fell asleep. You don't remember all that it's random like shit. Forty something. It's just noise. Trillion bits of reality. It's every just second. Yeah. But every now and then, throughout that whole experience, you you'll find this this line yeah. that you had, mm. I had, where things align for us. Mm-hmm. Reality bends. Yeah. Probability goes out the window, and everything you imagine to be true. Yeah. Is a lie. Yeah, well, especially <laughs> in this reality. And the other thing, too, like on what you're saying, man, like we're meaning machines. And I believe the quality of what we're able to execute is directly in alignment with the quality of the meanings yeah. we can we can, we can can freaking manufacture. Like I can decide this means something that can drive me to strength. And that is perceptual empowerment. That's the alchemy, I believe, yeah. in, in life. Yeah. You know, um, being able to extract an empowering meaning and then that will cause you to act that way. And so, you know, when I look at my life and when I talk with vets and when I talk with my homies, like, we got to go meet up again because another one of our guys tapped out, committed suicide, like, last month. Like, one of my weight workout buddies, you know. It all has to do with this meaning that we, yeah. we extract. And when you said people are afraid to go back there, I'm saying, bro, you have to go back there and stare at it. Yeah. And then you have and to take your ownership and, of, and you create a freaking meaning. Sense. Uh, Get power so from that monster. Most of the pain attached to the past for people is related to how senseless something was. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah. the power of narrative, the power of taking control over your narrative mm-hmm. and going back and actually making sense of it. Yeah. To some people, that IED explosion that you went through mm-hmm. would be the beginning of their end. Yeah, yeah. And for you, it's a phoenix. A hundred percent. And you it's decided that. Yeah. You decided that. My God gave me an experience that would that would give me the ability to be more aware and become stronger. I look at it as an honor, as a gift, yeah. you know, and I, but I look at everything I try to, and this isn't an easy thing we're talking about. I try to look at everything as a gift, Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, like moments like that for people. Like I like, I always like equating them to shamanic experiences. Mm. Oh yeah. So uh, the shaman, and I think in a lot of ways when we become teachers and instructors and we find ourselves in this weird place where people ask us for our opinion about shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, I'm just me, dude. Like, I'm just going to give you the best. Like, I'm going to, I'm doing the best I can. It's what uh, I'm doing. Yeah. The, the, the shaman is somebody that dies and goes to the underworld. Mm. The death could be symbolic mm. or real. Uh, a lot of shamanic experiences in the past were done through poison. And, mm-hmm. you know, they would have poisonous shit in them that would go to a level or a point. Yeah. Uh, they'll go to the underworld, they'll learn that language of the underworld, and they'll come back with a lesson. Mm-hmm. And that's a shaman. Yeah. You know? Uh, the shaman is the one I that comes it. back and has something to say about that experience. Wow. And what is something we you know, usually equate with a shaman? They're crazy. You know? <laughs> Lunacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And they're mad. Uh, they are alone. Yeah. It's a big aspect of shamanism, the wow. solitude of it. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome, man. And I, and I'm I, loving this. <laughs> and I, well, it, it, uh, I bring it up because this, we're, we're, we're about to kind of like go into this, uh, this afterlife aspect of it that, 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 uh, that comes after war. Yeah. Right? You, you stay on mm-hmm. after this yeah. experience. Um, what, uh, what leads you to the to your 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 final deployment out there? 
Like what, what, what happens to, to make you say, you know what, this is it? Um, in terms of going on my next appointment, well, so that took place during my last appointment. Um, first appointment I got, you know, I, I caught some IEDs as well. Um, and then after that, actually, I got, I, hit, I got hit enough that deployment that they flew me out and wouldn't let me do my last mission, flew me back to Al-Assad, that broke my heart, you know. Um, Being realistic, we don't know what's in, what happens inside of somebody like that. Yeah. So you could be bleeding internally from somewhere. Bro, yeah. Your brain could be... Like, I could just collapse. We, we, so the, to this so day, I know guys that the, all of a sudden just collapse. I mean, the pressure of this goes through your body. And it's honestly, it's a very, like I can, if I think about it, I can almost, almost feel like maybe I can remember the pressure. But I, I always wonder like what that really does to like your subconscious that like is recording all this. Like yeah. being in those blasts, like, you know, like the, the one I was staring at and then boom, just got wrecked. Like, like I just think about the, the effect that must have on the memory that drives who you are as a person that you can't see, you know. It's very interesting. So you were taken out of it. Yeah. You were taken out of it. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so yeah, was, I was taken out of it. It wasn't your choice. No. I mean, by were my you... second deployment, I was kind of ready, though. It, it was a lot like that movie Hurt Locker, where, like, at the end, like, he's just, like, ready to go. But then I get rocked by a whole bunch of, like, family things that happen before I get to actually the battlefield. Because it's like, oh, yeah, you, you, you're like, you're ready, you're ready. And then, you know, Murphy's just like, boom. <laughs> and you're like, eh, you know. Yeah. You're, uh, you're pulled out. Yeah. You're somewhere in a hospital trying to figure shit out, relaxing. Is your... Um, and I rate a Purple Heart, but they lost my paperwork. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. Cool. Semper Fi, guys. <laughs> Anyways. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you're out. Um, what are you, what, what's going through your mind? Um, and this is, I mean, for me... That is that that's a lot of effort. That's a life. That's a whole life. That's a life to get to that fight. Yeah. And you just got done doing two rounds and one of those fucking rounds with Mike Tyson and basically this IED. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it rocked. Put it in my place. And you're with you now you're now you're out. Yeah. What are you thinking about? Like what's that what are you So for me man, like yeah, like it's interesting, man. It, it goes back to like, you know, my father, my heavenly father, because six months out from getting getting out of the Marine Corps, I'm like starting to freak out. Like, I'm like, yo, what am I going to do, though? Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah, like all I can do is hold the gun, kind of like, I'm an infantry dude. I chose this path, you know, like, blood in, blood. Like, like you're, you're holding the gun, bro. That's what you do for a living. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm like applying to law enforcement. I'm like, um, you know, applying to go back overseas. Are you seeing other like, people like you in the job market coming out of that? Um, they're all doing the same thing. Like they're, we're all trying to get on the agencies and law enforcement and you know security, PMCs, contracting, mercenaries. Every, like everybody's every. It's a it's a. This is the gold rush of that. Yeah, this, like, yeah. Moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is big. And yeah. a lot of it is basically go back to go back. Go back to Iraq. To go yeah. back to Iraq. <laughs> but you're getting paid now, yeah. baby. You're and getting the, paid yeah. to fight now. Yeah. I remember coming back from my these appointments. I made like six G's my first appointment. I made four, 14 G's my second appointment. You know what I'm saying? I thought I was balling when I hit that 14 oh. G's. I went to war for $14,000. <laughs> yeah, Holy like, shit. Can you even, bro? 
like blown up it's multiple Mazda, times. It's like a 2008 Mazda Miata <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I don't have no idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't even with that, bro. So, you know, you can, you almost couldn't get me off the couch. <laughs> anyway, so now I'm sitting here and I'm like, dude, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I got my girl at the time. I'm like, I got I, I to be a man. I got to be able to provide. Like, you know, I'm Byron Rogers. Like, come on, man. Like, what's the deal? So one day, I'm praying because I'm scared. Like, you pray when you're scared. Yeah. I don't care who you are, bro. Yeah, at some point, you're like, yo, if you're up there, bro. <laughs> you know, so, somebody. You know, so I'm like, Father, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then he comes back to me, and he's like, go bounce at this bar, Hennessy's Tavern in Dana Point, and you're going to become a bodyguard. You're going to travel the world. Was that was that no. was that the was that what it said? That was the El Voiso, bro. That was that was that, that was the That's voice, baby. And literally, it was very specific. It was information from outside of me. You know, I had another experience in Iraq where that voice came back as well. Yeah. This was like the third extremely sharp time in my life where I was like, oh, I know what to do. I just got I just got the download. I haven't yeah. gotten this forever. Yeah. It's been like years. So I walk into the living room. My girl's sitting on the couch, and I'm like, yo, babe, I know what to do. I'm all like giddy, and she's like. What? And I'm like, I'm going to go bounce at Hennessy's Tavern. I'm going to become a bodyguard. I'm going to travel the world. And she's like, bullshit <laughs> you are. Literally, Dude, bro. I've had, I, 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 I had a moment like that in my life. But yeah. yeah, but yeah. Oh. So she's like, this one. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm like starting to feel kind of stupid. But I'm like, no, I know what I was told. So then, you know, I know I'm talking about like flag football being drafted in the NFL. But I, I said something to her, you know, it was kind of cool when I think back of it, at it, that I was able, just as a man, to be able to hold my ground. I was just like, no. I was like, I know what I heard. I was like, this voice has saved my life before, too many times since I was five. I was like, all I ask is that when it happens, the way I said it's happened is that you believe. Yeah. You know, like, you believe. Like, because she was a new Christian, but also just like, I'm not crazy, you know? It's, like, it's, 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 uh, it's not faith, it's fate. Yeah, which yeah. is w- yeah, honestly, man, way more, yeah. way more powerful. And when you hear people say, "I didn't choose the game; the game chose me," like that's yeah. like literally what happened. So you say this is going to be my afterlife. Yeah, she meets you with resistance, probably. Absolutely, she was like, "Cause you know what that means for her." I, you know I, what I mean, like, I'm a what big ab- bouncer. What about what about the <laughs> what what about the rest of, the rest of the parts of your life, your friends, um, like, hey. I'm, this, I mean, this is this is going to be my project. Yeah, I'm going to work in security. Yep, and I'm going to travel the fucking world yeah. doing this. The level of certainty that I had instantaneously hearing that voice again in my life was just like pff, it's a fact. Yeah. And like, I stepped right into it. Went up to Hennessy's, got the job. Uh, my boys were kind of like, yeah, okay, Byron, and I'm like, yeah, bro, that's exactly what's gonna happen. And then, sure enough, dude, and and then also, I've been so used to being the only or the other in so many environments. Growing up, that I just didn't even notice people like not believing. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. just like, guys, you do my own thing. Cool, have a nice life. I'll do me. I'm just, and so I'm like they, doing they, my they, thing. Yeah. I, so, so people, when you have like a, I had a moment like that. Yeah. And yeah, I'm gonna do this, and people are like, oh, yeah, okay, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure, know? bro. But, but <laughs> it's uh, again, solitude of it. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Again, the shaman is alone in the fucking woods, <laughs> dude. Hundred percent, right? The, yeah. shaman, the shaman is alone in the fucking woods. Yeah. Shaman says, "Hey, I can speak to lightning." Everybody's like, ah, "Good for you." <laughs> yeah, until you need someone who can speak to lightning, then yeah. the shaman's the guy. You know? So you're you're uh, and you, I spend, you, you start this process yeah. of learning. Um, 
and when I say learning, I mean this is a you were out running and gunning. Yeah. You know, this is a different uh, security is a different a whole world. different animal. Like, uh, and there was a death actually involved in that. That's interesting that you bring that up. Once yeah. I finally got on, yeah. and I realized, like, you know, like I'm never gonna be like what I was. This yeah. is this is this is a very nerf. Like, this is very not combat related. No, like, no, no, no. I'm the help, dude. Yeah. And like, there was a death associated with that. It was so, very interesting. Uh, the uh, cognitive dissonance associated with that realization. You, you, uh, for people that haven't figured or haven't <laughs> gone through that uh, experience, like I was operational for several years. And then something happened, and a way for them to cool me off mm. was that they sent me to work for a governor as, a, as, as the head of security. Yeah. And that's a job where you're paid for shit not to happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, the mission literally goes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like right you're, you're going this way, and then and, it's like, And bah. I just came from, like, Lisa Ola's, like, hey, dude, we need to make shit happen. Yeah. Go yeah, yeah. do shit. Yeah. And now we're like, hey, nothing needs. Like we want boring days Dude, every day. We want we don't even want you to see you sometimes. If we yeah. can, if you can hide somehow. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Literally though, that's yeah. the conversation. So so you so you're so you have to shift you, this yeah. this dimensional shift of now not not going after, mm. not chasing danger, not being the danger. Right. You are. Well, it's like it's literally like you have to be able to be the danger. For that one in a billion chance encapsulated danger yeah, yeah yeah encapsulated danger and then the rest of the time you are just like you're like everything else your social yeah. dynamics your soft skills your concierge your yeah. service with a smile problem and, solving yeah and inside the beast that was just running free in the desert is like clawing at the walls you know so well and then not to miss out like so then, yeah, I go bounce at Hennessy's Tavern in Dana Point, bro. Three months go by. Dude looks at me. He says, hey, uh, have him do it. I'm like, what's up? He's like, come over here. He's like, you, go, you get out of the Marine Corps? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you got combat experience? I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, go get these two permits. Give me a call back in two weeks. I'll show you how to make a lot more money doing what you're doing. And I'm just like, yes, sir. So I go back. Opportunity. Yeah. Just as I was promised, right? And uh, boom, I blink. I'm doing my first job interview in Beverly Hills on Rodeo Drive. Can't get into the jewelry store for the interview because you can't even get in unless you're somebody and, like, they know you. Um, unless you're on that level. I'm in the back of this, you know, first client's Bentley. Like, I'm 21 years old. They ain't really got, like, but I'm, like, 21-year-old man. Like, 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 I just came back from doing things at most of these, you know what I mean? So my client's looking in my eyes, and he's like, all right, cool. You can ride with us. Um, and, uh, dude, I didn't choose the game. The game chose me. We hit 60-some countries that first year, traveled more than the president of the United States Secret Service. I, did, I lived like that for seven years. Yeah. Um, just eat, sleep, breathe, grew up in dog years while, in the game. While you were going through this process of traveling and basically yeah. building this afterlife for yourself, because yeah. that's, that's what you're doing. Which is another crazy life, like the amount of access you have when you're with these people, yeah. the things you see, yeah. dying another death to religion. Yeah, because now I'm still now in the in the mecca of yeah. the business yeah. of religion. <laughs> uh, you you start uh, you start learning this field of security, international yeah. security. Yeah, um, meeting people with completely different life experiences than you uh, right. that are in their own field, some sort of importance in, as far as who they are, and you have to keep these people from dying. Yeah, <laughs> basically. 100%. 
That's that's your that's reality. Your job. And and that's the ultimate. Keep these people from dying. Yeah. But then the way you survive in the game is keep them safe, happy, and productive. Yeah. <laughs> and their and their and their uh, and their image safe. Yeah, and their image safe as well. Uh-huh. You know, and, and if they you know if they want you know a certain type of cashew nut from Jaffa in Israel at yeah. two a.m. You're gonna go get it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the Pomeranian gets sick somewhere in Cabo, you need to know yeah. exactly what veterinary service. Yeah, you better plan for this contingency, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so the, and this and these are the things we're celebrating now. Yeah. for which is a it's a weird shift. Yes. Um, so you you start doing this profession seven years traveling yeah. around, while you're traveling around and doing any doing this job, which a lot of people look at it. They see the planes, they see the Jobs travel, they the see, and they seven don't diamond hotel, and they don't see the two-hour sleep, the fucking jet lag, yeah. the peeing in a bottle in a car because there's no porta potties. <laughs> Gatorade there. bottles only. Gatorade, Gatorade, Gatorade bottles. Gatorade wide mouth bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the they don't see the having to hold your shit somewhere. Yeah. They don't see somebody spitting in your face, and you have to. Keep put Be your cool. ego and put in your wallet. They don't see any of yeah. that aspect of it. While you're going through this process of basically, did you go to a school of bodyguarding? Did you uh-huh. go to the uh, University of International Executive <laughs> Protection? Did you go to that university? Negative, my man. I'm Was, figuring did this you, trash Did out. you find the dude that knew enough about this to bring the best instructors out there to kind of like... Hey, this is the guy that I need to. Yeah. No, so there's, no, is, there, there's nobody there. Yeah, there's nobody there. Eventually, like literally seven years out after, like after I get done with all the crazy traveling, because you couldn't do anything, you're just traveling all the time. Then I go to my first EP schools and I go to one of the top ones, I go to local ones. And that's, you know, where a lot of my brand was born, the disparity between like the what's, game. What's, what's that experience like uh, of doing something and learning as you're doing it, and then yeah. all of a sudden going to a formalized school of it, yeah. specifically this executive protection field, which yeah. is... It was, you know, to be completely honest, man, it was like, so I went through boot camp, I got to the fleet, and the guys in the fleet were like, forget everything you learned in boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that training day, like the reason I named my school the first level of it training day, because it's like, this is your training day, Officer yeah. Hoyt, like you're about to learn the real way we do things. It was because I went to those schools and there was such a huge disparity between like the way we out in the field, the way we use the duct tape and we make things work. Um, and, you know, six four-man formations, boxes, Wedge, diamonds, diamonds, all this. And I'm like, bruh, yeah. one guy, homie. One, one guy, guy. Two if you're lucky. If they if got a lucky. budget, playboy, figure it out. Figure it what out. are the real cheat codes, yeah. right? And so I, I felt like, like I was around a bunch of college kids. And don't get me wrong. Like I did my college. I got my master's. But like... I'm always looking at myself as like a grunt. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a C student that hires A and B students, right? Yeah. Like I'm that guy, I you know? It. So I I um, I um was like sitting there in this classroom with these guys and I was just like, bro, it's not going to happen like this ever. <laughs> like, like I'm almost a decade in this. Like you'll never be, like this is just, like it, it's textbook. It's clean. It briefs well. It sounds cool. Yeah. I was like, but the real game ain't, when you get on a detail with me and it's just me and you, I'm going to be like, all right, dude, check it out. Yeah. You want to go to jail, you want to go home. Let me quarterback this. <laughs> I'm like, this is how we're running it, you know? So that's what really, you know. Did you start basically taking your own notes and kind of figuring things out as far as this is what I would, this is what I wish was out there? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what spawned, you know, my podcast and spawned everything was me being like, like, nah, man, like these guys, 
and, and much respect to everything everyone's done before. Yeah, yeah. Much respect to the school, major schools, much respect to all those guys. I respect them and I honor them, but like with these kind of more clean um, government-centric or corporate-centric backgrounds, I just approached the game from a different place, you know? And my background was seeing how horrible things can get in a split second. May yeah. never happen, but yeah. if it happens, like how are we really gonna really protect this guy? Like, like the whole mental gymnastics around like, oh, well, that'll never happen. Dude, I just don't like live in your zip code. <laughs> like, 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 I just can't with you. Like, maybe for you, I don't have a crystal ball though, and I've seen chaos happen. And then I, and I, and I, you know, I came from, I was taught how to do executive protection by the industry at an extremely ridiculous pace. And that's where my knowledge base is the street, you know, yeah. 60 some countries a year, relatively for seven years straight, you know, and how to do it from like, you know, grass, like, like just in the field. And so, yeah, man, there was a huge disparity there. And I, um, I navigated it by myself. Like I did when I was a kid, I grew up, mom was, I couldn't relate or talk to her cause she was hyper spiritual. Dad was at work. So I had to teach myself a lot. And honestly, you know, me and my heavenly father was just like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. I'm scared. I need food. And I had to like raise myself. And so I had the EP industry. I almost kind of had to raise myself too. And, yeah. then, um, and then I finally was like, you know, I think I'm going to do, do something with this, this knowledge that I've acquired and honestly try to escape the game. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I'm going to steal that. Now you see where it comes from, bro. Boom. <laughs> That's where it came from, man. That's where that uh, that catchphrase comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense. And also, it makes me kind of emotional now that I hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's, there's a lot behind that boom now. So much. It's <laughs> a lot. You um, know. Executive protection. Sir. This is something that now for people that are might be listening to this or people that have seen our interactions in this crazy-ass community, um, you find your afterlife in this field. Yeah. Traveling around the world, figuring out the safety of people who can't figure it out for themselves. God bless them. Learning, right? <laughs> yeah. learning like, a, like, a, like an idiot. Yeah, you know, the fool's journey is what I like to call it. Yeah, you gain the experience first, and then you somehow find your way to formalized training. Yeah, which is how some of the best teachers I've ever had in my life learn. Right, you know, they do it first. Oh, that sucked. Let me see if I can get better at this by uh, formalizing some sort of training. Yeah, you go through the process of learning through experience, traveling around, doing all these things, and then you go to a few executive protection schools. Mm-hmm. And I, I did get lucky. There were certain aspects of that where they were like a mentor for a short period of time yeah. you know like mentorship is so important it's like do, do, like uh, like you, <laughs> do, do, now that you mention it mm-hmm. and i think a very big part of what's wrong with this industry is uh lack of recognition yeah uh, yeah who 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 were those mentors for you that you encountered you say momentary mentors yeah. like yeah. people that you find on the for road seasons you know, of of development yeah. right yeah. and and being able to submit to that and and like clear your ego, you know, I remember one of them, uh, Theo Valerez, man. He when I first got to this Theo. detail, his name was Theo. Um, now you know Luke Agajanian, you'll see him in my content. He's around, right? Yeah. Like he he's the guy who pulled me from the bar and put me in the game, you know, and and taught me competitive shooting and all these other things, right? But like 
you know, like Theo one time, he's like, hey, man, he's like, hey, B, he's like, I know you've been to war and all this stuff. He's like, but being here will we'll test your, your faith in God. And I was like, what, bro? Like, I just died and came back. And we're like, what are you talking about? Nothing's going to test my faith. But then I'm around these Christians, and it was the most trying time of my entire life to continue believing. But, like, a lot of them, some of them taught me how to survive around a client who this was one of the most difficult clients, if not the most difficult client in the state of California. My first... Uh, few months there I saw like 30 40 agents come through dudes bigger than me stronger than me Navy SEAL Special Forces uh, Secret Service they were looking for another guy to roll with me and live with the client because I got 20 23 days off my first year and they're like half days they were like at one o'clock he'd be like you don't need to come in today <laughs> you know? and you're like yeah. thank you so much sir I get the evening babe <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like you were a marine so it was like a sweatshop so you're yeah. like like, life is great, you yeah. know, like, no one's trying to kill me. I get to take showers and eat and stuff. Um, so, um, you know, so I had these mentors that would that came in, like, you know, um, you know, Theo and Kevin and these guys, when I first got there, taught me how to survive this client, how to be sensitive enough with another human to understand how to be and where to be. And then, you know, I had, like, Luke and JJ, they helped me understand the tactics of how to really run a a detail at like a state department level, yeah. you know, like all the advance work and, you know, where to put the guys and how to create your movement plan and all that stuff and do your risk assessments and, um, and, and actually be legit, like not just a buff black guy walking around with a client, you know, even though I might look like that, you know? Um, and then, you know, um, and then after that, man, they all got wrecked. Like it's, it was like a war zone. After that, a lot of them just either went on to bigger and better things or ended up, the detail started downsizing and like it was carnage. We started on a 13 man detail. We ended just me and one other dude, one of my best friends, Caleb, you know, Caleb Shirk. And we're just sitting there like, dude, I guess we were the Jundies. We were the new boots. And now like, I guess it's us, bro. Seven cities, 11 days. Let's make it freaking happen. Like, and so we learned, I mean, at a hyper pace is one, one on one op, the client might, you might have 24 hours in a country before the client comes to set everything up. The next stop, you might have three hours. Like, hey, bro, we're coming right behind you. Go straight to hit the hit the airport. Go straight to the to the venue. Set it up. Go straight to the hotel. Set it up. I am on your heels, you know. And you're just working, and your guys coming in behind you, and you know. And then you get them in pocket at the end of the night. And you're like, <laughs> you know, like this shouldn't be. We shouldn't be the only two doing this, but we are because that's yeah. the game, you yeah. know. Um, and without mentorship, you have to learn so many hard lessons by yourself. You can die tired in that learn like life doesn't care like like lions don't hug gazelles to death yeah the wisdom of this amazing thing and place that we're in has there's a side to it where if you are not able to be productive or progressive you will die yeah. you're never still and so i always you know i i always would seek out someone who knows and i would always like get underneath them and learn and honor them there's so much honor that should be paid to those people that have gone before you you know, and I and I and I would honor them, and I and I would absorb what's useful, disregard what's useless, and add what is essentially my own, because yeah. they also can fall victim to fighting past wars, as you know. You know, and so that was the student's journey. And then now I blink, and I got like four hundred students that I'm mentoring. <laughs> you, 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 you. Where does that transfer come happen? Like you, you're this guy. You, you're doing this afterlife of a job. You're running mm -hmm. around. You're. You're uh, struggling uh, yeah. with this new concept, and then you... and then also I'm having my PTSD time for the first like couple of years. 
while doing this. What is what is what does that look like? Yeah. So for me, PTSD was addicted to that dopamine we were talking about earlier. So where were you? Where were you chasing? <laughs> I was chasing it the second I get off work. Where? Like at the club. At the. I mean, I was just doing drugs, party drugs, man. Like I was, dude. I was dropping like ten pills of Molly a night. Was I was, was your was your drug use about escape? I wanted more richness from reality like so coming it wasn't good enough it wasn't good enough you're not you weren't satisfied with what you where were you where what where you were yeah it was and it was such a weird position because it's like dude you're on you're you're in seven diamond hotels you're in palaces you're in private jets every single week and like you should be happy dude and then i was like this is just like it's so nerf bro no, it like it's matter. so nerf like so, i was and so i wanted more and so when i would do these drugs i'd be like ah and and i was highly functional do you think there's an aspect of the fact that these drugs were unknowns is also like there's a risk aspect to taking like drug to recreational drug use like that. yeah there's a risk aspect there's a to risk, it. especially nowadays and also the people around you are probably a risk as well yeah. if you're doing that shit. well so. yeah there's that excitement that comes from like hey we're we're kind of back on the razor's edge like yeah. you know I'm, i went hard tonight you know and but then reality is so much more vibrant again you know yeah. while you're in that and you're feeling so many things and so for me it was like it's funny it's funny how um basically a hyper reality is your escape yeah which is wild yes. to think about it's it. the truth and 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 the real reality like the mundane like oh my gosh i spilled my coffee like like that's a problem <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like like that for me was was just un like horrible that was hell you know like listening to the problems that most of the civilians would have around do, do, did uh that uh, alcohol ever factor in there, just or just the just the drug? Alcohol, I drank a lot, but like I wasn't a good enough no. drug for me. It was too much of a downer. Like I was just I could drink like, and I'd black out and stuff. But like for me, I wanted the dopamine, baby. Uh, I wanted to be up, and I wanted to feel like I could fly. And I and 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 that's what that's what I did, man. Because then I felt more. You mentioned that you spent a lot of time painting your body, related to the that uh, PTSD aspect of it while you were probably going through this process of reinventing yourself, which is what we're talking about right now, yeah. I think. This reinvention. Why, why that much pain for, the, for, for a memory that, that, uh, that changed you? The, the, the tattoos? tattoos? Yeah. The tattoo. Again, the ta is, is it dopamine as well? Is it, you know, is, is that, is it that as well? Are you chasing always, that with it? I've always had a, really interesting relationship with pain and fear. I feel like they're the best teachers. I feel like um, pain is like literally, it's like the philosopher's stone to like more, to growth, to evolution. Like I'll go to the gym and we are chasing pain yeah. now. Um, and out of that pain will come, like out of that chaos of that pain will come a death and higher order. I'm going here to sacrifice this version of Byron so I can unlock well, that's, a, a stronger version. That's, that's usually what keeps most of the general population from changing okay. because yeah. they don't want to destroy themselves that exactly. way. Exactly. And I, death. I want that destruction. Like, I want to get choked out on the mat. Like, I want to I, I want to find my breaking point. And, like, my brand's never been about perfection. So, like, I'll show when I'm at a shooting competition and I'm not doing good and I'm, like, the humanity of it, you know? You, you're going through this, still processing this uh, PTSD aspect of who you are, you're going through this reinvention. Mm -hmm. Where does the idea come 
this nation that you want to build, which is legit the nation that you build. <laughs> where does uh, where does this nation building aspect come from? Like, mm. uh, because I, I see I see a lot of solitude in your process. Hundred percent. And when I felt alone, I I remember re- reading this uh, Timothy Timothy Leary quote about finding the others. You know, mm. like you're not like the rest. You know. Right. Right. This whole aspect of. Uh, Fight Club, you know, yeah. the disenfranchised, the uh, the people that don't have purpose. Right. And purpose and how some people are always complaining about their freedoms, but they're not talking about the responsibilities. Mm. Where does this nation-building aspect of finding other people and also becoming, becoming what was missing for you, I guess, in a lot yeah. of ways? Which is, That's awesome. Where, where's that? When, yeah. when did that happen? Well, real quick, I uh, something really important, important about the last thing you asked me, which was you know the marking of my body. Yeah, that the, experience, the, 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 the pain and marking of your yeah. Memory. These experiences imprinted on me and my soul. You know, these experiences imprinted on me, and I believe my tattoos are like manifestations of the the scars and and values of my soul. Like when I get done with that tattoo and I look at it and I'm like, this has always been here. You know, there's something so powerful to that. So that's what that was. It was like that Phoenix moment imprinted on me and I need a monument. Like I need to now manifest that in an even real way. And I look at my tattoos, like I'm pretty blasted on the, on on my upper body. I'm going to do my lower body down (laughs) next. Um, And I, gain power when I see these images. Yeah. I had to cover one up recently because I, I erected the wrong image, which yeah. is an interesting thing. <laughs> yeah, well, But it was still part of me. It's yeah. very interesting how it worked out, kind of perfect. Yeah, body art and stuff like that too. It was like I have a few... Uh, I have a problem with being strapped down or held down in yeah. a chair mm. because I went through some shit in my life. Mm. Uh, I allowed somebody to put a tattoo on me, my first one. Mm. And that took everything. Wow. Uh, a, a number, mm. a two-number sequence huh. on my finger. Yeah. Right there. And that took everything Wow. to just... And the people that were... Like, the, people, the person there with me didn't realize, I think, the power of that, that, that I'm mm. allowing oh, yeah. myself to basically be <laughs> put through that. Yeah. Um, for me, I think, the ink is a reminder of something. Oh, yeah. You know, for me, it's a number, mm-hmm. you know, an age, mm-hmm. an age that I didn't think I was going to see. Mm. And uh, they represent a few things. But... Uh, and the pain, I think the pain, like, it's like what you pay to bear the image. It, it almost, like, unifies you with the concept that you're manifesting. I think it's I, the price. It's, it's part of the whole ceremony, almost. Uh, I... My first tattoo... Uh, was done with a needle and an ink in a hotel room. Yeah, man, prison <laughs> style, bro. <Yeah. laughs> um, for me, it was... Uh, there's a lot of pain attached to some of the experiences that I went through that I feel were senseless. Mm. So senseless pain has always been, like, a big issue for me. It's hard to wrap your mind around. So if... Uh, and. Um, was it cathartic for you then to feel that physical manifestation of that pain associated with that? It, um, or was it the opposite? <laughs> it was, it's like walking through a wall, you know, and it mm. just disappears behind you. Awesome. 
um, it felt like something I couldn't go through. Mm. Like going to the dentist and being fucking put in a chair. <laughs> um, tattoo. Uh, things where I'm where I have to be held down or restrained. I mean, doing classes like the ones I do every yeah, day. Yeah, I was about to say, man, hard. this is your world. Bro. <laughs> My therapist freaks out with the fact that I'm basically <laughs> kind of opening up shit over and over again. Um, but there's a, that's, a, that's a sacrifice, though. Yeah. Um, we talk about the pain that you put yourself through to kind of basically manifest these images on your body that have your history. Yeah. Um, and... That ceremony of sitting there for eight hours, ten hours. That's Jesus in the desert. Yeah, 100%. And I, I, I do a lot of that, man. I do a lot of fasting. I do a lot of things that impact my physiology to help, honestly, get me to another level psychologically and emotionally and spiritually as well. So you have your, bo- so, you, so, you, so, you have your so you have your traumatic death. <laughs> death your, is a superpower. I love you, it, man. You, you have your war paint. Yeah. You have your war paint now. Um, you came, you come back, you know, mm. and uh, you start setting up this nation aspect. Now, where does that come from? Man, you know, it's very, very, very interesting. Um, so I look at the world and, uh, you know, my buddies are committing suicide now. You know, we're back and we're, you know, we're scattered. Like, yeah. to me, it felt like we were ambushed a, and we're scattered. And that, now everyone's... That's a beautiful way of putting it. That's how you feel like when you mm-hmm. come out of that. You're scattered. Yeah, yeah uh, Everybody that was with you, everything that mattered, the millions of dollars worth of equipment, yeah. everything is Support, do or die, like, life or death, you'll kill for somebody, yeah. literally. Yeah. And they'll kill for you, yeah. literally. Yeah. All that shit is gone. You're Ronin, basically, dude. Like, you know, to use a slightly weaponized term, but, like, you're, you're like... Like, where's my family? Where's yeah. my purpose? And, like, you feel like you lose... When you lose a guy, it feels like you lose a body part. Like, now you feel like you've been ch- chopped in a million It's an amputation. Everywhere. Yeah. It's an amputation. And then you're hearing about, like, your dudes, like, troops in contact. Like, you're almost hearing it over the radio. Like, yo, such and such and such uh, just committed suicide. And, like, such and such. And we're, we're losing dudes. So, for me, that was huge. Um, that's when I got into psychology and, and went through Tony Robbins Institute and started getting my master's degree. That's when I wrote my book, Finding Meaning After the Military, um, about the, the, the gear that I was using to, to get myself to the other side of the transition effectively. Um, and then, um, so it was kind of like we, were, we all went this way. Yeah. And then I, you know, started to create these brands and like the executive protection lifestyle. And then I started to be kind of like, there's a war going on. Yeah. My guys are dying. There are other good people being impacted by the darkness in the world that are being victimized by the darkness of the world. But where's the, what's the number one real asset? Like, what's heaven and hell fighting over? What is the government trying to impact, and what are they monetizing? Like, what's the real, real, real asset? It's not the money. It's people. It's people and relationships and manpower. And I was like, if I can create a tribe of like-minded people... And I, can, and I can empower them with the skills to protect and provide and all these different things. Um, then, and, and regardless of background, regardless of military, law enforcement, regardless of any, I, you know, I mom, single mom, 100-pound single mom hits me up like, what do I do? How do I, we were followed while we were in the store yesterday and I didn't know what to do. Like, if I can empower her with the skills to be able to protect herself, you know, um, and move in a way that makes her not a target next time and know what to do if someone does target her, you know. It's less physical than people think. Um, 
that I can be the father of a nation of people that I'm part of, that I'm mm. one of. That's a giant thing to, to envision, though. Yeah. Where does that Where does that size come from? Like, did, did, did you think Did you think about that size when you were so when you were uh, basically manifesting this? So struggle credentials, right? Um, so David and Goliath, David, you know, gets told he's going to be the king. He's got to go back out to the field and tend sheep. And he's out there tending sheep, you know what I'm saying? Then yeah. a lion shows up. He kills a lion, you know. Then a bear shows up. He kills a bear. And then he's taking cheese to his brothers this one time. And then all of a sudden there's a giant out there that's like, and he's like, this is my moment. And so what I learned as I went through my life, you know, and being guided by my heavenly father, like, hey, start this podcast. Well, in that world, in my industry, that's death. Okay. Yeah. You don't talk about you, what you, we you, do, you, bro. You don't disclose. <laughs> yeah. You don't. You try don't. To bring you don't. Uh, any, attention to yourself. Any like, any sort of attention to your, any sort of lesson that you want to. Pro, I, I I I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Any sort of Standing individual out or, sticking out. Yep. Talking about how the game is, how things might work. Tall poppy syndrome, Death. bro. Yeah, yeah, you're blacklisted, what? right? A hundred percent. I don't want that fucking celebrity dude fucking behind. I don't work with my detail. Fuck yeah, you know, I don't then, want this guy. Yeah, and then all the others in the pond that are like, well, we, we're specialer than him. This old black guy looks like. Especially like, specialer than him. We know more. We've been more in this industry. Why is everybody putting attention to this dude? Yeah, we're the stakeholders of you know cool kidness here. You know, like. And so, so a lot of gatekeeping, a lot, a lot of gatekeeping yeah. is what you encountered yeah. while you're going through this process. hundred percent. And what, demonization and attacks and uh, this, character uh, assassination. And this, <laughs> this, uh, this expectation, I think that is out there. Um, you are trying to create something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and a big part I see in what you are trying to create a big part of what you're of what you made already is of bringing other people that know things that you don't know. The whole thing. That's about like that. that's <laughs> kind of at the core of everything is yeah. the humility of like you know what this I don't t- know shit. <laughs> that's why I have all these people with me. Get them right. But but together. But 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 you have to be a super ninja too. Yeah, I mean they that's have to agree apparently. to come hang with you. You know. I I I don't I don't I don't I understand that aspect mm-hmm. of it. I personally don't. I don't understand. I don't. I, I don't buy into it that way. Mm. You, you come up with this podcast, which yeah. is where our first interactions actually. Yeah, happen. yeah. And this is embryonic stages of me just having the balls. I, Back I, on your other question is having the balls to, the struggle credentials. Like, okay, father, like I feel like I'm supposed to do this. Like, Impos- I'm gonna do this. Did you, you have know? imposter syndrome basically at the start of it, or did you like? I'm not good enough. I'm not the, I, like I haven't protected a president. Well, that's a th- or I don't know. Kind like, of a little so, bit of that. But that's the thing, though. Like uh, I was a, somewhat inoculated to that because I approached it like a boy. Yeah. So I approached it as I'm not the coolest dude. Dude, we're gonna have a podcast. We're gonna learn from all the coolest dudes. I'm gonna yeah. create a platform that's gonna crystallize and canonize. People in the game that are doing amazing. It's not even about me. There's like maybe nine episodes where I just am like, hey guys, I'm gonna talk to you in five in five seasons, you know? Yeah. So it the whole thing was about everyone else. Yeah. And the Protector Nation in so many ways is about everyone else. And so I have never been like, I'm the man. And mm-hmm. so I didn't really have to contend with that too much because I approached it from 
this this let's this, learn together. let's learn together curiosity like check this out I have my experience and I can ask maybe some right questions some good questions yeah uh, I'm a student of the game so you you start this this uh, series of conversation with different mm -hmm. people who's your first podcast guest <laughs> wow I, I mean dude like uh, I can go. remember I mean my first the first episode was me setting the stage yeah was me being like Hey, I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna do this. You're gonna be yourself. I'm gonna be me. And here's what we're doing. Like yeah. we're gonna learn together. We're gonna uh, interview some of the best in the industry that'll talk about it. We're gonna get better together because what you said earlier. I was running around the game like, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? And everyone was like, like <clears throat> too cool for school. Wouldn't tell me. Then you find the guys that take it so seriously that you're like. Dude, we're not in the CIA. Yeah, like, I, I've done things. This yeah. is not those things. Like, just like let's just compare notes, you know? And they're like, nah, bro. And I'm like, okay, cool, dude. You know, so I started to be like, there's no reason. This industry can get better if we can share and we can connect and we can, we can, we can just, like, like, we can get better together. And I got so much violent opposition to that. <laughs> it was I, 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 weird. I, and I, then, remember, I remember witnessing some of that. Yeah. Aspect, uh, some of those attacks on you. Yeah. Um, and... I'm, I'm, I, I hate drama. You know this yeah. about me. I fucking hate drama. I don't do it. Um, and you know, I was included in some of that mm -hmm. at, at, at certain times, like way back yeah. when we started first started interacting. My whole aspect of this was like, this dude is creating a place for us to be seen and heard. Right. Why are you pissed off? <laughs> right? Like, like, like I'm not enjoy making, it. Like, I'm yeah. not fucking doing this. Like right. this the aspect that I, this podcasting, mm -hmm. I I don't know anything about microphones or recording. And yeah. I didn't learn any of this shit because I have a, one of my best friends, Abby. Mm -hmm. He knows this shit. Yeah. You know? So like hey, help do me what out. You do what I do what I do. Abby, ayúdame. It's basically as like just fucking grab his leg, Abby andale. Cabron. <laughs> That's how I did it. Yes. But you're literally creating a platform and a place right. for people like myself. Right. And mind you, when we when you first like when we first did our like initial first podcast one. thing. Which was season one, by the way. Like this I, is way I, back. I, I, don't, I don't think it was even on Rogan yet. I don't I don't yeah. remember. Oh no. This is no, before no. all this that. This is before all that. And you were in my mind, like this guy's giving me a chance. Yeah. That's that's how I that's how I, I, I viewed it myself. No. You know? And then I had, then I, then you would see the negativity around it, and it's like, oh, these fuckers. Well, and the other thing too on that is, like, I just came back from like war, you know. So like, I looked out in the landscape at everyone, and I was like, like, who else is real, yeah. you know? And I'm thumbing through the social media, and then I see your content. I'm like, that is real. Like, like, like I can like that's not just yeah. cool, you know, Instagram like stuff. You yeah. know, this is this is real. And so yeah. I was like. Dude, I'm I'm gonna I want to ride with this guy, you know. Like he touches that dark place that a lot of this nerf stuff that's out there doesn't. <laughs> I remember having this conversation with you about like the first time we talked. Yeah. Uh, basically, kind of talking about some of the processes that, that brought us to that moment. Mm. You know, like you your military experience, my experience here in the city that we're currently recording at. It's pretty <laughs> wild to think about. Right. Um, and. Uh, 
And I thought it was, it was a great conversation. It was cool. Like, I was grateful yeah. for the opportunity. I remember recording it in a car. Yeah, bro. Because, we were so guerrilla warfare. Dude. Like, it was so small unit tactics back then. But bro. it was cool. Like, oh, I, I, heard, I heard back from a bunch of people. Like, yeah. legit people that, are, that uh, had beautiful questions. Yeah. Um, my whole style has always been about me being an individual that has an experience space to share. Mm-hmm. I don't teach a system. You're right. I'm not part of a program that I'm right. going to put people through. Right. Like, hey, I'm your Uncle Ed, Dio <laughs> Ed. Yeah. Come over a weekend. I'll show you some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And my every now and then I get asked to sign things. Right. Which is a weird thing for me to kind of be asked, but every now and then. And I'll usually sign my name and this, this uh, phrase, don't be me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, That's specifically awesome. what I write down. And I think any anybody out there that's kind of like an instructor aspect of it mm-hmm. will usually at the base level want to spare the stupidity mm-hmm. and the painful stupidity from people, students, basically. Yeah. So don't be me. Yeah. So That's awesome. I remember having that conversation with you, a lot of the uh, stuff that came from it, from people reaching out mm-hmm. to this whole group of people that are the audience that you shared with me that are all of a sudden now <laughs> looking through my things. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And that's what it was about sharing, too. That's what's so powerful. Yeah. Always been trying to give. Yeah. And I'm like witnessing you kind of basically we were... This is Instagram when it was spicy still. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's back the glory days. The algorithm was yeah. generous. Generous like you, algorithm. You drop something hot, like all your all your followers would see your content. And I remember when they changed that, I was like, dude, only like 10% of my people even saw my thing. Yeah. I was like, the yeah. world just, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, Murderous stuff being posted. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, dude, get exploded. It's fine. Yeah, it's nothing fun. flagged nothing at all. Flagged. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we start getting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, dude, did you did your shit get taken out? Yes, I just shared your <laughs> yeah, the censorship. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. On my end, I started feeling really nervous. Yeah, unsafe. about how things were going as far as the amount of investment that I had in my social media and mm. the fact that legit, I was transferring from being active to not being active. Oh, and this so on the is everything. Yeah. Um, so I start seeing this aspect of it and I'm doing training at a small scale, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure things out on that end. And I don't see you're doing, tra- I don't see that. I didn't see that you were doing training, but all of a sudden I see that you are, mm-hmm. but I'm like, this motherfucker is going big or going broke. I guess. <laughs> True story. <Doc. laughs> legit. A little bit of both Le- at times, legit. Man, but we, Le- yeah. legit. When I saw the scope of mm. what you were fucking trying to do. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to f- maybe figure out a training site where I can do two classes a year. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> yeah. that was my, yeah, that was my thing. Like somewhere, like I'll figure out a few places like that, different parts of the country. Yeah. And you were like, no. Yeah. I'm going to make the Super Bowl of training. <laughs> Yo, hey, that's, that's. And I'm like, wait, what? Are you coming with me? Yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> so I, uh, and like uh, that's uh, cool. Man. A lot, a lot, a lot of people don't give you credit for this. And I, I again, I, I, I I'm all about recognition. Mm. 
I remember you inviting me to that first one. That you, like, the first one I participated yeah. in. Yeah, which was the first one. The, which, Dude, you were my guy. I was like, we're doing this, bro. And I remember your enthusiasm about it, <laughs> which I wish I shared because I was like, this motherfucker is going great. big. <laughs> or oh, it's so crazy bro. to hear about this from another perspective. No, I, I, it's like, I, you have to think about this. Yeah. Uh, Byron. I was like growing, but like... I remember, I don't know if I had already been on Rogan once or twice. At our first podcast? Point. No. No, but after, the, after that, but the, you invited me to this event. Yeah. And I think I already been on, I don't know. It was, I was going was, through some, exp, like some growth. Yeah. In that, and, and also people need to realize it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I just, I just had, um, I just been, uh, I just got, done not only with my former job mm. i was learning to be an american so i was on my first year of figuring that out mm. um i just been on a giant podcast a couple of times mm -hmm. and also my wife left me not mm, death and i remember all of this like all of this was going on in my life yeah. As I was doing the math as far as, well, I'm going to. Navigating that. And maybe do more classes here mm. and maybe figuring that out. All of, like, uh, And all the while, I'm dead inside. Yeah. In a big way. And you call me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bro. <laughs> Yo, bro. With all the fucking enthusiasm talking about this insane thing. Never before done Never idea, before bro. done idea. And I'm like, and only have to, in my mind, I'm dead, dead, dead inside yeah. listening to you. And I'm like, I don't know, this guy's, well, <laughs> fuck, I get, well, maybe, I don't know. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do yeah, it live. Yeah, you did. We'll do it live. Because I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never been invited to anything of that nature, multiple instructors. I didn't know it was even possible to put yeah. that many people on a, on, on a, on a stage and, and different, uh, like, who is this for? This has never been done before, marketed to who? Wow. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this guy about? Yeah. I remember... Uh, Getting dressed in a hotel somewhere, <laughs> yeah, and just hurrying over because mm -hmm. I'm I'm sorry, Byron, I'm always late. I'm I know, sorry. bro, dude. <laughs> I know. Yo, dude, has anyone seen Ed yet? Yo, it's, it's my it, has dude, anyone dude, seen dude, this? Byron, yeah, I, like... I, I legit apologize for that. It's not on <laughs> um, purpose. I don't think I'm big shit. Yeah, yeah. I was I, like, he must be already ready because he's I, like, I'm gonna have to call him up. <laughs> <laughs> I have some rear. ADHD and like That's a awesome. shit ton of brain trauma. So I'm sorry about all that shit. Like I'm time blind. It's legit. Sometimes I forget. Yeah. I, the last time I went to like there was Arizona. Dude, yeah. I took a shower and then just Dude, you were like behind, like I like everyone's like getting it. I'm like, he'll be here. He'll be <laughs> and then you're like landed, you're like, hey, like we had to do something and get it. shower, fucking like, like I took my clothes it. in my shower, so like <laughs> wash them in there and fucking yeah, dry man. them out. Um you presented this project. It was insane to my mind. Uh, and I got there. And when I got there, I saw this crowd of people. Dude. Um, these, but the, like a, a lot of people were there. Bro, yeah, it was like 250 people. I couldn't believe it, bro. I was also, reality was warping for me because I was like, yeah. Because I, like I told you, like Wisdom of Psychopaths, like, and 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 the fact that I have my you know my heavenly father who kind of gives me this like 
you're going to do this. This is, gonna, this is what's going to happen. Like, you're going to get drafted from flag football into the NFL. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then I'm crazy enough to do it, right? <laughs> so, so then I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then all of a sudden, like, people start buying tickets. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, it's going to work. But I've always planned on People are interested. Yeah, like, this is actually going to, like, be a thing. Like, and I don't know how to do an event. I have no freaking idea. Like, what was I, like, and then you, it's like, it's almost like you start in a fight, and you're like, what was I thinking? Or you get on a roller coaster, and it starts going click, click, click. Yeah. And you're like, whose idea was this? And then it's like, well, we better freaking make it happen. Yeah. And then the right people start showing up. Like, an event planner just comes out of the, Do you have an event planner? I'm like, no. And then she's like, you need an event planner. I'm like, really? The hidden hands start coming out. Yeah. Hidden hands start coming out and just setting. Yeah things in motion motion and so when we saw that crowd when i saw that crowd i was also um experiencing a feeling of like this <laughs> dream and concept just got birthed into reality yeah and it's actually real and i was like it was it, it's it's a feeling that's otherworldly because yeah. you're just like oh my gosh we just we just manifested this uh the people there different type of people yeah like i've been to a uh I've been to some law enforcement events, yeah. and um, but it's completely, completely the vibe, different. man. The culture completely different. This yeah. is this is not a tactical conference. Right. This is not a uh, this is not shot show. Yeah, absolutely this is, not. <laughs> this is uh, this is people showing up with intention and purpose, and yeah. it's like weird things. And being people like, yeah. like family, kind of almost, man. Uh, I was uh, I remember showing up like an idiot late, like always. I'm sorry again. I apologize for that. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but seeing the other instructors there yeah. and like having a moment where I'm like, <laughs> am I, are we it, like, am I good? Like, am I good like, enough? Like I'm not, I'm not fucking good enough <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Even for me, bro. Uh, I started the whole thing in order to train with half of them. <laughs> you were talking to uh Pannone, I think. Yeah. He was backstage and he was talking about some wild shit. Yeah. You know, because yeah. He's from there. He's from there. <laughs> like, so, you know. And I was like, wow. Um, uh, but Joseph, um, mm. all these guys that have yeah. uh, wildly different life experiences, but also uh, a lesson, something to show, something right. to talk about, something to share. Right. And then the surreal moment of being on stage with all of them and you mm. at the end. Oh. <laughs> just and the crowd that's so appreciative of everyone's contribution like um, the i don't think i mean you're that you nobody's ever done anything like that and i i, I mean and i go around the block in yeah. the training community yeah, 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 you know 100%. like most people think like an instructor yeah like i'm in a different state every fucking weekend yeah like, i, I mean yeah i live this i live this fucking <laughs> it's and more I've than never, just a game. it's a lifestyle right and i've never and i've never seen anybody put together an event like that wow um, thank you you know i uh, abby my our producer and our yeah. magician here. Yeah, the guy uh, running the Matrix. Yeah, gave me one of the best pieces of advice when I started this. He said, um, he said, let's let's try and get this 50% of what we would want it to be. Mm. So if we can get it to 50% of what we would want, really it, to be, want it to be, th this is a good place to start. Yeah. Right? And that kind of like, well, let's leave. Because I, was, I wanted to have 100% done. Right? That's very smart, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and... Um, you know, it worked. Yeah. My first podcast guest was a dude that tried, and the dude, we were both trying to kill each other. <laughs> you know? Wow. That's a really? Conejo. Yeah. The rapper. Amazing dude. Yeah. 
uh, kids were playing uh, outside by uh, the end. So it was it was it was that's fine. Beautiful. That was my start um, oh. in this weird thing that I didn't. I don't think this is gonna go anywhere. Yeah. Well, well we're here and let's see where we go with it, yeah, right? Yeah, man. You have that amazing project, this, this protector symposium yes. aspect of this project that you've been working on, this protector nation. Yes. Um, like, who is it for? Who is it geared towards? Like, who, who is this? Like, is this for? Mm-hmm. Because I know because mm-hmm. I've, I've been I've been to them and yeah. I know who shows up. Right. Um, but who is this geared towards? Like, yeah. who, who would you would who would you invite to this place? Like, what is it for? Yeah, and this is a really good question because. I've been the executive protection guy, you know, like everyone's like, oh, bodyguard, executive protection stuff. But the reality is, as an, as an EPA agent, as an executive protection guy, I'm a civilian protecting civilians. Yeah. And so, but I do it professionally, and I do it internationally, and I do it in higher risk uh, situations. And my goal, like my purpose in life is I'm a protector that wants to multiply protectors in the world. Protectors are the white blood cells in the body of humanity. I don't think there's any reason there should be uh, a body count in the double digits because one guy pulled a gun, you know what I'm saying? We need more white blood cells. And so this training, everything that I'm doing, like I asked God when I was young, like how can I be a warrior for good? And it's like as a warrior, you can only do one thing. But as as, as like if you can turn that ethos into something, a protector ethos, if you can affect culture and you you can create a tribe of people who... They understand how to recognize, how to do risk assessments, how to move, how to think, how to how to assess, read body language. They can, you can create a safer world. That's not for me. That's for cops. That's for the military. I, I shouldn't. Right. Can I go? Yes. Can and I so, can I learn from Yusuf yeah. to identify terrorist threats? Absolutely. Can or, I go learn shooting somebody in the face with Craig Douglas right. uh, in a weird field somewhere? Exactly. But that's for the cops only, right? No, it's for everyone. I my biggest compliment at these symposiums is I'll get a hundred and ten pound single mom that'll walk up after training with all the instructors that we bring in for all the backgrounds and all the dudes and everyone there and she'll be like she's like almost in tears like you changed my life yeah like i will this this access that you give people exactly like i'll be able to go through the world with my child more intelligently and and more safe and feel safer and be safer and then I'll have a dude who'll walk up to me who can't tell me his background, but is also from some weird place that we probably yeah. would relate with. Yeah. And it's just like, yo, bro, this was solid. This was solid. This was good, man. I learned stuff. And so that's the whole game. And that's also why I do Friday is all soft skills. Soft skills don't sell tickets, but it's literally like 90% of what actually keeps you safe. Yeah, I mean, so- I- <laughs> software is superior in so many ways yeah hardware you need it you better have it if you need it you know when you need a parachute you better have a parachute but if you can do the the safe pattern of life stuff if you can recognize the threat if you can keep yourself out of those environments if you can um, understand how to move and be before and during you can avoid a lot of that and so I always have a Friday we go to the auditorium we listen to the ology we listen to all of the the software associated with every single one of the instructors. And then, yes, we go Saturday, Sunday, and we go and we learn the hard skills associated with the disciplines. But this event is for, and it's so, this is so difficult for marketing. Like, my marketing guys hate it. You know, they're like, we're going to law enforcement, we're going after military, who are we going after? I'm like, anyone with the protection DNA. Yeah. And and the The, ability to... The biggest minority on the planet. Yeah. We're going after. It's, It's a huge minority, but... I believe protection is uh, uh, 
It's a something you need. It'll, you need it. Awa- it awakens in people. People right. have it. Yeah. When I say it's the biggest minority on the planet, I mean somebody showing up to a class <laughs> where it's about them protecting others and taking that responsibility for themselves. Taking that responsibility. Dude, I'm going to a class about. <laughs> making more responsibilities for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to go to that? Yeah, who's going to that, right? But through either trauma, and then there's those people that are, like, working at Starbucks right now that are, like, they never let their little sister or anyone around them get bullied. And now they're in a world where they're, like, how do I do, how do I stop that from happening? Mm-hmm. That, that bank teller that would stand up if something happens. And so now, you know, the whole entire game is 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 mobilizing those people, like, from every walk of life, being like, hey, you know what, like, I need food, water, shelter, but I also need to know how to protect my stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, it belongs to somebody yeah. else. Wait, yeah. I'm, I'm just a warm holster for that Secu- cool gun se- I bought se- yesterday. Security, <laughs> security is one of the most underviewed aspects in survivability. Yeah, I've yeah. Been through, I've been through a few survival uh, yeah. classes and conventions and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember spending a few hours making a shank at a, at a survival convention thing, and then uh-huh. I'm like... Well, I hope you can catch fish with it. <laughs> no, all I have to do is use it on you and take yours. Mm-hmm. Or and that, and that mindset aspect yeah. of it, they were like freaked out with it, like, "Oh well, shit!" I, uh, and you're like, I, but I'm not because I'm a good human being. Right. But I can. Right. And for the guy who's been trying to watch me fishing and wants to take my fish, I'm a little safer now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's the reality of life, and and um, that's what we're that's what we're leaning into, man. Like, um, I feel like people just. They, they're afra- some people are afraid to look at it, but yeah. through trauma and through experience or through just it's in them and they don't know how to express it, yeah. um, that's who we're assembling. People show up to try oh. and prove themselves. People yeah. show up, some people show up with past trauma and they're yep. basically trying to build a time machine and training to go yeah. back and Have fix that it. cathartic. Fix it. Fix, yeah. And we saw that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, people sometimes also there's ego there, so they want to see if you know whatever. Mm-hmm. People show up for different reasons. Um, I think uh, the main one I've seen, specifically on your end, as far as the type of people you guys are gathering there, mm-hmm. uh, people that are looking for more responsibilities for themselves because they probably have been, never been given responsibility before. Yeah, or they lost faith in those who are supposed to be bearing there, or they realized, you know, the reality of the situation is. Law enforcement, they enforce laws. They don't secure you. Yeah. <laughs> the only person who's ever been charged with securing you is, is actually you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What what type of instructors come to these? Uh, yeah. Like, how do you go about the process of selecting these people that, that you then basically assemble uh, and build uh, an experience around? Yeah, like, man. How, how do you go about that process? So, I for for... Generally, I'm looking at, like, what's what are the most, you know, like, for the first one with Yusuf, you know, it's like, what's, like, the one of the most important protection skills you could need that, like, people don't talk about, but, like, this is it, is, is, is situational awareness and behavioral profiling. I walk into a room, little women, women, little women clutch their purses, and, you know, people get a little uncomfortable because I'm a, usually a bigger, stronger human with, like, markings that are warrior-esque, right? Like, I get it. You know, um, no victim card. Like, I totally dig it. Now, I'm going to disarm them by smiling. But what if those same people, you know, and then I, I open car doors and help that little old lady put her bag in the, you know, overhead compartment. But, like, your ability to assess actual risk, an actual dangerous person, like, what are those nervous behaviors that say, I'm about to rob you? Like, 
what do I understand about proxemics and what do I understand about the angles of the eyes, the predatory looks and the, um, and the, how do I understand the baseline in my environment of social behavior and who's the anomaly that's going to probably rob me? Like, so that's why I brought him. And so I started building out kind of a library of these different skills that really they need. And then I'd add like, you know, someone who's doing something that's spicy so that they're like, I'm going to learn some spicy stuff. Now for this one, right now there's just these black swan events where we're in this like this this um this like apocalyptic kind of feeling time yeah. right? this is the uh the 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 going zeitgeist of like <laughs> how people are right now yeah in mad max yeah you know, mad max happened in the 80s we're beyond that yeah that. it's like, very it's book a, of revelation-y you know so yeah. um this time i looked at the apocalypse like what skills might you need like learning how to bug out and bug in, like surviving, like survival skills. Um, and so we have an instructor, an elite instructor who's willing to do that, you know, like actually risk assessments. Like, do you have an EMP, an emergency management plan for your life, for your home? Can you assess risk in your pattern of life? And um, uh, looking at where we have a guy coming in that's going to teach a very simple um, hand-to-hand tactic. Like, this is how you can control a human, and this is how you can... Because so many people avoid that discipline. Like, yeah. they just don't want to get physical. Like, they just... But, like, there's things you can do. And and for um, people that kind of, like, don't realize how this works, I mean, th- these are all entries. Yeah. These are... These classes, these experiences are all entryways. The yep. rabbit holes. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you'll You'll go to one of your classes and... You're getting you know, exposed. Sp- spend time <laughs> trying to drive like a maniac and, yeah. and use your car as a weapon. Yeah. And then then you'll get uh, tossed to somebody who is going to tell you that the people that are most aware in an environment are probably the ones that want to fuck you over <laughs> or the ones that are trying to keep others from fucking you over. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a... It's such a mind, mind yeah. it, All the information dump that happens, mm-hmm. I mean... Um, I remember Arizona, mm-hmm. which is the last one I I, I, I did with you. Yeah. Um, everybody, all of your instructors got there, and of course I was fucking late or something <laughs> to the to the party. Yeah, 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 for real. So Byron is basically issuing like you, you, instructor zero. You get this field with the cars, and <laughs> you, you snake eater eater over there. You go over there to the CQE house, and and yeah, we're yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. you get the church, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I got a church. Which yeah. is funny. It's a, it's a funny, it's funny thing to get. It's perfect. So, <laughs> um, I get this church. It's like probably nobody wanted it because it's really hot. <laughs> but I have of my... Of course the AC breaks like when the, right when the no, sun comes out. But I had a friend of mine, Jer, who turned that fucker off. We, <laughs> Made both of us, we both of us fixed that thing. I just I remember wearing a sweater mm-hmm. in the middle of fucking... It got cold in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only um, place, actually, that was cold after a while. Yeah, it's like, I was like, why, why is all the only people that, uh, you know, like, complaining about the heat? Um, it, uh, I remember that night, that first night, everybody, like, you'd see some dudes were all red from mm-hmm. fighting for their lives, <laughs> you know? Well, we had uh, uh, Raul. my man Raul, yeah. man. His stage was murder, you man. Yeah. And, Ra- Raul is yeah, you all were, about... All about the murder. Real, really, Real. you're going to fight today, right? Um, and then you had other people who were beating themselves over the head with mistakes made mm-hmm. during a CQB exercise. Yeah. Right. I could have done this. Like, I should. Yeah. Like, ex- basically breaking their heads with geometry. Right. Uh, and then you had Instructor Zero over there talking about 
um, vehicles, vehicles, vehicles and where to put the rounds and people are like, we're having dinner. Like I'm trying to chill the fuck out. <laughs> and then Someone you hear the cars yeah. crashing while the guys are getting in car fights on the track in the middle of the day. And, uh, but the after, the after actions, basically people talking about their experiences during the day. And you're like, yeah. and I, and I had this moment, I told, uh, some of the people that are in this table with me, do you realize how surreal and almost impossible the scenario we're in is right now? We have people from all over the world, instructors with different passive boards, yeah. with skill sets that came from weird-ass, different-ass conflicts. Yeah. And all of us are here shitting uh, and bullshitting with each other right. and talking and sharing experiences. And I just learned yeah. how to... Jimmy rig a seatbelt into... Like, what yeah, was he was he, showing he, us? He showed crazy. me how to Jimmy rig a seatbelt to, to drive the car for you if you have to, in yeah. a way. Yeah, it showed me some things with gun grips. Uh, then I was learning from uh, your guy that was doing CQB. Yeah, yeah, name. Kawa. Yeah, Kawa. He was like, I was seeing him move, and I was like, holy shit, this guy knows the sweet sciences. Right. Um, and the surrealness of the aspect of having all these people there that yeah. know all these things. Yeah. And we were just hanging out in this fucking uh, airplane graveyard in the middle of everything. <laughs> Fucking, this is <laughs> this so is good. am I is this fucking con air actually happening? Yeah, yeah this is fucking con air. We're in Dude. con air right now. Well, this and the amazing. quality, bro, of the synergy, like the conversation. Like I just was sitting there, like listening to you guys, and it, it's like imagine, like like uh, 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 you know, Buffalo Bill, uh, a samurai. An, an Indian warrior, a shaman, like there's all these like warriors from these different places, and they're all just sitting at a table, being like, "Yeah, man," and a knight being like, "Yeah, man, yeah. I use my sword, when I do it like this," you know? It's like, "Yeah, bro, I shoot like this," and you're just like, "Yeah,", <laughs> yeah. and I'm like. I just wanted to train with these guys. This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, well, I mean, if, if it's basically all of this is basically one big attempt for you to basically build your own. <laughs> <laughs> My own little training experience. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. I'm a student of the game, you know. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, the. It's not easy, though. Oh, my gosh. And as somebody <laughs> that witnessed two of these. Yeah. And, dude, I go, I do my class, I chill. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. because this, is not my t this is not my boat. Yeah, it's not your war, it's not. It's not my boat, and I, and I see you as the captain, and every now and then I Thank go you. and poke you yeah, just yeah, to make yeah. you laugh. And I, ha, ah, but I see the stress. Yeah, I'm like. This, this is not an easy thing. No. This is not an easy thing. It's a lot of pressure, a yeah. lot of work, a lot of moving parts. And you never know if it's going to work. So yeah. every single time, it takes balls. Like, I... It takes you're you're getting you're you're staring out into nothing, and you're gonna try to manifest something, and you don't know if the world will react to you the way it has in the past. If you use old tactics, you it, it's like war to me. Yeah. Use old tactics, they won't work. You have to, and, and you so know, you have to do risky things. Yeah, or like people like, dude, are you sure you wanna? Right, and, and then, then you're like. To, yeah. And then you have to, it's like getting the date is like refueling in midair. Like you're talking to these guys, their calendars are exploding, your calendar is exploding, and you're like, we can come together on this yeah. three days, I think, it's, you know. It's refueling in the air with a fucking squid. Yeah, <laughs> literally, bro. Um, with like, you know, and then we get six, seven of you guys and us, and we're there, and it's just like, oh my gosh. But at the end, dude, when that sun's setting on that last day, and it's like, I'm. You know, I'm looking out, especially for one of the other. It was like it was like Fight Club, bro. Yeah. Like everyone's all like banged up. Everybody's you know, dirty. Everybody's yeah, man. Red eyes. It rained sunburned. on us. Yeah. Well, yeah. That one was sunburned. The Florida one, it dumped rain, and they're just sitting there. Tony Simonot came out and just 
basically brought a bunch of instructors that were murdery and like, <laughs> like you know, are you hurt or are you injured? Um, I'm hurt. Good, get back in there. <laughs> like, like, like it just was like, and but but everyone's so alive. Like the that uh, that moment when I'm standing at the, up there and I'm looking at everyone, and they're like a family, and they're like, we came together, we trained together, we sweat together. This is something that used to happen in tribes. Yeah. This is something that uh, the hunting party. Yeah. The war tri- the, the 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 war band. Yeah. The uh, casting off somebody into the wilderness and having those fuckers come back with the. Uh, just invigorated, yeah. Me. But, and but a few having scalps. died a death and and coming back to life, yeah. Uh, you know, you can go to war, or you know, there's there's wars out there, but there's also wars inside. One hundred percent. And a lot of people go to war with themselves when it comes to some of your training events. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, convincing somebody to get back up. Yeah. Um, taking it's, a knee and, and and convincing somebody that uh, you know they're just pretty big and scary yeah and you might not want to fuck up in front of all these people right but you can die a thousand times here yeah Yeah. but that's what i want them to know we're here to be professional students where this is where this is the dojo this is where we submit to instruction and we this is where we want to fail and then when they realize i think there was something that was so empowering is when they realized we're in such a safe environment to be students and there was no ego like there was no instructor that was like the guy that was like you know, like we had, we had, we have been blessed to have such a good group of genuine humans that want to make other humans I, better. I, I will tell people, I don't know shit. Yeah. Every time I see somebody that knows shit, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like I get, I get impressed, you know. Yeah. Um, and the amount of times you guys come up to me and you're like, dude, I just want to go to the other dude's class and like see what he's yeah. doing. I want to go see that shit, right? Um, the, uh, I had a, I had, I had a few moments there. I, um. There was a snake outside yeah. of uh, the church that I had to dispatch. The yeah. class was over. It was nighttime, cleaning up. Mm-hmm. I cut the head of this fucking snake that didn't want to use its rattle out mm-hmm. there, you know. Um, and I had the privilege of having a few green berets tell me how to cook it. Oh, yeah. Know? And I shared some, you know, I shared some of the ways I used to cook it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in this surreal moment uh, sharing cooking, rattlesnake cooking uh, tips with a bunch of green berets, you know? <laughs> right, right, and right. You were there in the in the, in the shower hall, maybe a little bit horrified that there was a snake out there, but you were fine. You yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, like what the fuck Ed's is got it. I'm like, Ed's got it. All right, we're so, cool. Um, there was a moment outside of the plane at the end of this event. Um, yeah. All the instructors are behind us. Yeah, we're walking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a moment where the, the the sky is purple and then it turns into just black. Yeah, and you're there. All the Beautiful. all the all the uh, the um, vehicle headlights are your stage lights. Yeah, man. Yeah, this all that's like, oh, fucking Byron's gonna close it off here, I guess, in the middle of this fucking weird ass field with this <laughs> plane behind, <laughs> bombed out plane, man. Um, I, pr- I felt pretty proud of you at that moment. Thank you. Uh, specifically because. Before anything, you went around and mentioned every single buddy there behind. You yeah, yeah. Before you even mm-hmm. started on your own thing, yeah. um, it's it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's a lot of risk. That's a lot of risk. <laughs> it's a lot. Of, it's a, and a lot of people that might hate on you don't yeah. see all those aspects. I see it. Yeah, man. Um, where are you going with it? Like where where does this project go now? Oh man, it's all about tribe, man. It's all about like us, you know. There's so much that's so divisive. 
And I think security and being able to protect those who you love is one thing that's so unifying. And it's, it's, it's just a universal need, whether you realize it or not. And those of us who are waking up to that, I'm leveraging that as a unifying principle. It's like, I don't care what color or whatever your thing is, like, we need to be safe. And like, there's other out there that like doesn't want us to be together and like doesn't want us to be safe. And yeah. so the protector symposium is really kind of the catalyst for the protector nation. And how we're bringing everyone together is where we've created a social media platform that drives that. that because one of the biggest tragedies was like people would come to this event, they would train together, they'd sweat together, be like, I love this guy. Like, you're meeting so many different people and protectors from everywhere. Weirdos like you. Yeah. There's no you know, other like, place in the exactly. world where, where do I meet more people that are into this weird shit? Yeah. Well, like, and now I got to go back to be alone, you know, with all the people that are like, you don't need all your stuff and like, nothing's going to happen. Like, you're, and you're like, uh, anyways. So now there's a place for us to stay connected, for us to network. And then I'm going to continue, you know, because so much of what we do is a conversation. Um, you know, we're going to be rolling out like the Civilian Protector Project, which is going to be all the digital stuff, like an ongoing protector symposium online. Wow. Um, and so you can stay part of the community with like live Zoom meetings where like you can actually ask me or you questions or whoever's hosting the meetings that week or that month, you know, and you can go through a, a curriculum of what a protector, at you as an adult, should understand to live a safer pattern of life, male, whip, female, big, small, purple, yellow, orange. And, and then that'll culminate into the protector symposium. Then we all come back together. We learn a whole bunch of new skills. Then we go back out and we're still able to meet a few times a month over Zoom, learning these new skills um, and just niching it up. And that'll be like the level one. And then we'll get into level two and we'll teach people higher level skills. Um, and we're going to create a culture. We're going to create a tribe of people who are like, yeah, man, I got my house set up. I got my car set up. I have the way I see the world, um, the way I interact with humans, the way I disarm people socially, you know, um, and the way I know how to react if I need to. What's uh, coming? What's coming as far as an event? The event is the Protector Symposium 6.0 Apocalypse. 6.0 <laughs> We're on the sixth iteration, man. Apocalypse, this, this baby. Um, I remember seeing an apocalypse. Like, what the fuck is this guy on? Yeah, you know? man. Like, what's That's going what I on? Wanted, and then, and then, and you're like, hey, Ed, can you <laughs> can you do uh, can you participate in this? And I'm like, how? Yeah. yeah how yeah. am I going to participate in this? And then it's like, well, as far as making a city come to a standstill and figuring out how to disrupt an urban environment and take control over it. Yeah. I think you might have some experience some, with that. <laughs> something from and the And I was like, oh, I do, Byron, I do. I do actually have a lot of that. Yes. Um, and we're actually in the city yeah. right now where yes. I learned all of these things. Wow. The city of Tijuana. Um, right. Where we not only took control over it, like we would stop it. We yeah. would figure out ways of closing certain things down. Mm -hmm. um, we would restrict access to certain things that, or put eyes on certain things that people wanted to get right. that might have used against us. Right. Um, we figured out uh, how to weaponize public works. Right. <laughs> how to go to Home Depot and or a hardware store and and, and turn it into a guerrilla armory. Right. Um, all these lessons kind of learned 
from experience. Yes. And uh, and never in my wildest dreams would I think <laughs> somebody was giving me a platform to kind of share some of this stuff. Oh, man, it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, thank you. Who, who else is on that ticket? Uh, um, yeah, man, it's it's a good card. So we've got Clint Emerson, 100 Deadly Skills, uh, right? Former team guy, <laughs> yep. uh, wrote 100 Deadly Skills, also CAA contractor. Yep. Uh, 100 Deadly Skills, basically a manual on a bunch of trade craft yes. and, uh, stuff. Uh, how to make body armor, right? what to carry in a foreign country, this yep. type of skill All set. that type of stuff, man. And and that's what I love about it. It's it's relevant, and it gives you a lot of... It's like you, when you say, like, just because you're not allowed to be armed doesn't mean that you shouldn't be. <laughs> or, like, you can't be. Yeah, not allowed <laughs> or to or not be. able to. Completely yeah, different yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Who, who, who else? Um, we've got uh, John Burke. So he's one of the first, if not, like, the first or second Gracie Black Belt in jiu-jitsu. He's rewriting the hand-to-hand curriculum for a number of different agencies, law enforcement uh, organizations all over the U.S. And so he's got a simple system. Because, obviously, I can't make you a ninja in a weekend. But No, but he's, can, some, he's somebody that probably mastered the art of preparing people in a short amount of time. Exactly, man, in a very short amount of time. So he's going to get these skills to folks in you know, a short amount of time, but to help them understand how to deal with a hand-to-hand encounter. Entry. Um, An yeah. entry also. Yeah, yeah. If people don't have a clue, that's where they'll find that's out. That's where they'll, yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, that's going to be the hand-to-hand component. And then we have, um, we got to bring back Craig Douglas, man. We bring it back to South Narc. Uh, I love. I, I'm convinced that Craig Douglas should be Wolverine <laughs> in the movie. I'll, I'll figure out how to make that happen. He he has a, he looks like Wolverine. Yeah, doesn't it, he? But he just needs the hair though. <laughs> but like, look at him. Yes, built. And he's the he. I love. He's such a gentleman. Like a southern. Oh, yeah. Like the way he moves. The way he talks. Like like. I st- sit there and study him when he yeah. speaks. His oratory is his uh, his his. Uh, his instructor mm-hmm. style is. Oh, it's polished. He's been at it for longer than most. Uh, yeah. You know, like I, I remember seeing stuff of him early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Way back yeah. when his face was blurred out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> remember yeah, that? Man. Um, yeah, great dude. Like in legit, one of, yeah. the, one of the original people that with a phone call convinced me to be an instructor, convinced me that I could possibly be an instructor. Right. Great guy. And he, he has that, like, like that, that, older man wisdom too when you talk with him like he'll change your whole perspective like because yeah. he has more perspective <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? like he's, he's, he's been through some shit right yeah and so he's going to be teaching one man cqb you know like what's relevant like are you going to be larping you know when it happens like are you going to be with your boys and your long guns and your no you're not dude you're gonna if you're lucky you're gonna be rolling with a pistol because you're a cqb dude yeah. and can you deal with a building intelligently? Yeah. And so he's digging into one man, just one man clearing, you know. Um, and then we have, and then we have you. So we have uh, Craig Douglas, we have John Burke, we have oh, uh, that's who I miss. We have Clint Emerson, and then we're teaching another skill that I think is one of the most important skills: uh, driving, which is you know top five causes of death in America. We're going to be teaching a full protective driving course That's to awesome. anyone who wants to learn how to car fight. Like, you're going to get vehicle dynamics. You're going to learn how to get roughly 80% of the potential out of a vehicle. You know, a lot of people don't, you know, they think they're going to tip over when they make a turn. So, like, 
guys like us that have pushed vehicles. Yeah. We know, dude, we're ripping through there. But if you haven't, you don't know what you can do without wrecking the vehicle. And then we're going to put you in a rolled vehicle. We're going to roll you over. You're going to survive a rule. You're going to learn how but that, to that's, that's something only available to law enforcement in the military. Yeah, not anymore. Welcome to the Protector Nation. And then I'm going to literally, we're going to teach you how to defend yourself in the vehicle. And I'm going to hit you and try to run you off the road. <laughs> and then you're going to try to pit me and run me off the road. And then when you're out here in the streets, if it gets weird and you're in your vehicle, You'll be able to get you and your family home almost no matter what. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'll close my eyes and I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's how fast reality that's how moves. Fast now. reality moves. Yeah. Um, uh, knowing you has been amazing and witnessing you has been truly inspirational. Um, world, you have no idea how many people are out there watching you, witnessing you, and also that you've helped out by giving platforms to, wow. by giving uh, audiences to, because realistically you have an audience and you're, on, you're very generous with it. Thank you. You might not see that. You might not figure that out for yourself, but I'm here to tell you that you are right now currently probably one of the most gen generous and influential guys in the industry kind of setting things up for us. Because thank that's you. what you're doing. So thank thank you. you. On behalf of a lot of instructors, uh, thank you for that opportunity that you're giving us. Wow. Um, and uh, on behalf of somebody that's also a student mm. and that wishes, like I wish, and I tell this to people constantly, you have no idea how privileged you are mm. to be in a room learning from all these protectors, as you call them, or from yeah. these people. I yeah. would kill the opportunity when I was young uh, to yeah. be able to go through these things. Yeah, I lose more sleep every night over the things that I could have known mm -hmm. and the things that I could have done with that knowledge. Wow. And I think people should wake up to that fact. Yeah, yeah. before they're in the learning, the real-life learning aspect. Of uh, Byron, mm -hmm. this has been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for coming down, making this adventure. We're about to go into a culinary adventure in a <laughs> yes, bit, too. Yes, we so. are. We're, real quick, before you end it, yeah, yeah. I forgot to say Rick Sweeney is going to be teaching the driving course. Rick Sweeney. Rick Sweeney, SEC4 International, also our training director for the league. He's a brother of mine, salt of the earth. I couldn't bear the thought of like, having let him this wrap up, and I had to say his name. He's been an amazing human to work with. I've, I've seen him. He's intense. He it's is cool. intense. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you guys like kind of having a conversation, dude? Yeah. I, I, I go yeah. around, I talk to people, dude. I, I, I legit, I'm, I'm a kid. Yeah, in these places, I'm a kid. <laughs> in these places, too. I'm excited to learn from people and to witness people do their things. Yeah, and also I'm kind of chaotic and funny sometimes. So this right. is me. Uh, yeah, amazing, amazing that you're putting all these people together in one place. And I know that's not easy. I would do it. <laughs> it, yeah, you know, I would do it so I could. I, I don't blame I, anyone. I, don't be like me. <laughs> don't know? be. Don't be like you. Uh, again, thank you on behalf yeah. of a lot of us that you might not hear this often. Yeah, thank you. That means the world, man. And then also, bro, I gotta say the same thing, dude. Like for me, the other side of the coin was like, every time one of you guys like signs on and like it's like, yeah, dude, I'll roll with you, bro. That means everything because you're willing to commingle your brand with mine. And like, who am I? You know, like, that's how I look at myself. Yeah. Like, we're all like, it's just, we're just little kids, dude. I'm like a little yeah. Bahamian boy, like still kind of chubby little Bahamian. You're like a little Mexican dude, like sitting there, <laughs> yeah, you know, like oh, it's crazy, you know, but we're like trying to, like, we're over here trying to create reality. And, you know, you believed in me too when I was just another dude with a podcast that hit you up. I'm like, yo, bro, 
Like, let's do something. I see something in you. You see something with me. And then you've wrote, you've, you've rolled with me since, bro. Like, Protector Symposium 1, 2, you know, and now here we are again, you know. Yeah. We did a hard skills in between. So it's just thank you, man. For And then, you know, we're going to go do some, some cool hood rat stuff right now, you know. So, man, that really means a lot to me. You know, your, your friendship, your trust. You know, I, just, I definitely want to honor you for that because I do know that, you know, especially from where I come from, some guys, you can, you're one of the real ones, bro. You deal with all the demons and all the stuff that we all deal with. And I can see that in your eyes. And I love you for that because you're, you're, you're doing something good with that. You've been given the freaking responsibility to deal with that. And you're dealing with it in a, in a good way for a lot of people. I, and most of the people that I admire are people that take the pain. Yep. And or to take the poison, yeah, and turn it into a medicine, yeah. And that's that's the alchemy, bro. That's the alchemy. <laughs> Thank you for coming by. Hey, such an honor, man. Right. Yeah.